It is Friday, July the 23rd, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Hope everyone is having a nice week as we head into the weekend. Get you set up for some weekend racing here with uh, some Friday Saratoga, Friday Del Mar, Saturday Saratoga, Saturday Del Mar, and then a lengthy edition of This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper. Uh, I did record an interview with Tim Kelly where we recapped Black Widow. Uh, We went through the entire movie. It was uh, a fun, fun interview, but it was really long, so I couldn't put it on this episode with the the wrestling and the racing stuff. and because there's not like a new episode of Black Widow coming next week or anything, I'll just put the Black Widow uh, um, interview and uh, the Black Widow recap and review at the beginning of next week's episode of That's What G Said. So we'll have uh, Friday and Saturday racing here, and then we'll give you the uh, the lengthy This Week in Wrestling where we go over everything happening in AEW, WWE, NXT. We talk about Money in the Bank. Raw, SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, big news about CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Goldberg, all sorts of uh, news in a really big week in wrestling when the fans are back. So lots to talk about on this episode of That's What G Said. That is presented by Better Than Dot Vegas at BTV Bets on Twitter. Make sure to give them a follow every single night. They have polls to vote in. If you vote in these polls, if you help share the polls, they will give you the parlay that they uh, that they put together. Parlays or different wagers or different props. Every night they're finding a way to give away money to one of you out there that's following them at BTV Bets. And the website, betterthan.vegas, you'll find videos from me most days of the week talking about all the different uh, wagers I'm playing throughout the day, games I'm playing, um, and uh, free. All the content there, totally free. Videos from gamblers, handicappers all around the world. That content is free because of Manscaped.com. And when you use the promo code 2IDIOTS, it'll get you 20% off and free shipping. Better than Vegas. We are going to get into racing right off the bat. Before we start talking about Friday racing for Saratoga, we want to let you know when we're handicapping the races when we're preparing uh where do we go drf.com horse racing fans many of us have been using the drf the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF pass performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic pass performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And 
any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering, multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. DRF.com, everything you need for Del Mar, Saratoga, all the big racing meets all summer long. DRF.com. And we handicap those races and some of the times we're going to be playing in the stable duel contests, like the big uh, battle at the beach this weekend. They're going to have on Saturday a $10,000 contest at Del Mar. So for those of you who are uh, horse racing fans and you like to play the races, check out Stable Duel. It's an app where you can play daily horse racing contests. It's a very similar format if you are a, a someone who's played in uh, fantasy like daily fantasy for football, basketball, golf, stuff like that, where you have to build your lineup based on a salary cap, and you have, you know have to put it together based on for stable duel. It's a fifty thousand dollars salary cap. You have to put ten horses in your lineup for whatever track you're playing. And so all summer long, their big focus is they're going to have uh, Del Mar Colonial earlier in the week. So on Friday, you can play at Del Mar. There's a ten dollar contest. There's a $50 contest for bigger players. At Woodbine, there's a contest. At Ellis Park, there's a there's a top five game where uh, top five finishers get paid out. And then at Gulfstream, there are two different games to play. So all sorts of different tracks, different entry fees to get into each of these contests. And by selecting horses that finish in the top five, you end up getting points. You can follow along if you go to StableDuel.com or if you download the app from your phone and uh, all the rules, how to, you know, the scoring, how to play everything. If you ever have any questions, you can let me know. We have videos posted on social media all the time showing you exactly how to go through the app and build your lineup. Stable Duel, check it out. Play, race, win. If you're interested and maybe you won't, would like to, you know, just look a little more into this on Friday, at 5 o'clock Eastern to Pacific, there will be a live stream on social media, on, on my Twitter. If you follow me, it's me, Gino B, and uh, there will be three, four different guests all joining me to go through the entire Friday Del Mar card, and we'll talk about you know horses uh, that we might want to use in our stable duel lineups. We'll give you some analysis. And uh, we'll we'll uh, get you all set up for the big stable duel weekend with that Friday live stream. Make sure to to check it out. Let's get into some racing for this weekend. Let's go to Saratoga for Friday first. Let's get the past performances out there, and uh, we will go to race number two. So we're looking at Saratoga for July the twenty third. Race number two, five and a half furlongs 
on the turf course. I'm looking at the foreign here, the important one, who she broke pretty well last time out. She actually had a very good beginning, a good start, and then she kind of got wrangled back a little bit, and she ends up losing to a wire-to-wire winner that day, screaming by. She's going to cut back. She needs a little pace to run at, but the way this race shapes up, there are what, one, two, three, maybe four horses that we can say all want to be really close to the lead or, or right on it. I think she's going to get a little pace to run at in here. Uh, the turf last time was yielding, so maybe she can get a little bit more uh, of a firm turf course. Let's keep an eye on the number four, the important one in race number two at Saratoga on Friday 8-1 to one on the morning line. I had this one pegged more like a 5-1 to one shot, so anything in that range feels very fair. As we move along to race number 3 on Friday over at Saratoga. Maiden special weights in here, mile on the turf course for 3-year-olds and up. I'm looking at the 6, Charleston Strong. Blinkers come on today for this one. So his 3 turf starts so far... They've actually been pretty solid. He he wasn't bad back in October when got a splitting of field. Is a little was involved. Didn't have the greatest of trips. Kind of a little wide. Came back in uh, in November and was solid. Was actually a, a very good third that day in his final start as a two year old. And then was off from November to June and had a good start. Was tucked inside. Was waiting for room. Was within two. He angled up with dead aim. He just didn't have. Quite enough punch late, a little bit flat Now the blinkers come on Gonna put that uh, start together now Two starts off the bench, second start Off of that long, long layoff Expects some more fitness today from Charleston Strong, the number 6 Anything around 7-2 to two Feels fair on Charleston Strong Make sure to use in your, uh, your early pick 5s And your early exotics there At Saratoga In the 3rd, where do we head next uh, Race 6 for Friday uh, At Saratoga Going to look at the number two in here. So we give it an optional 80 claimer, non two, mile and a half on the turf course. Jace's solitude, he can sit a little bit closer than than he was sitting last time out. And it was a race where, you know, it was in Maine. He's been sent to the bunch for a uh, bench for a few months. But I honestly think it was just more of it, it, it was in a little bit too tough, break poorly, kind of in a bad spot, just didn't get a great ride. He does have a little more positional speed than that when going longer. Look at some of the, the races he's coming out of. Look at who he's been facing recently. Oraklo, who has earned $2.75 million. That's a grade one winner and a multiple graded stakes winner. Epic Bromance was recently just third uh, in the grade one United Nations. Um, Masterpiece. Masterpiece is a legitimate graded stakes caliber horse. Zulu Alpha. Yeah, we know the credentials of him. So, Jason Solitude is definitely getting some class relief in this spot. The opportunity from the inside to save some ground, maybe sitting, I don't know, fourth or fifth in here. I just don't think he has to be dead last. He's not going to be on the lead, but he can he can be a little bit closer than he was last time out. And this is not as difficult as a spot uh, as he's been in, in as of late. Anything around, uh, I had him as a 6-1 to shot in here. So, you know, if he's over 5, that feels fair as far as uh, making a win wager there. That's about the line that we'd want on the 2. We continue to move along on the Friday card at Saratoga. And we get to 
race number nine. This is the Lake George. This is a, a fun race. There are a lot of different ways you can go in this grade three mile turf course event. Uh, Amy C for Chad Brown, a little light on the num- numbers and figs, but I thought visually uh, kind of impressive and one that you expect a little bit of improvement from. Uh, it's one of those races where, yeah, Chad Brown's got a couple live ones, no surprise. The two horses that I, I do want to use in, in some of my late exotics and, and build some of those late exotics around are the two horses to the inside. So the one and the two both are a little bit intriguing here because, I mean, Dem Dog obviously showed that she can sit off if she has to a little bit. She's got some inside speed, and she should be able to save all the ground if they want to take back off a little bit in here uh, with the with a horse like Jouster. And, you know, perhaps towards the outside, Navratilova flashing some speed. It's nice to know that Dem Dog has options, can sit, can pass, and I think is one that may may get forgotten about a little bit from down there. And then Runaway Rumor, what what has she done wrong? Absolutely nothing. And sort of the opposite end of the spectrum, right? She won't be nearly as close as Dem Dog will, but there are no doubt versions of this race where you see Dem Dog from the inside going and then Jouster not letting Dem Dog go, and then from the outside, you got Navratilova, who doesn't want to be too far out of it, because they were uh, were able to take a field gate to wire when going uh, going the route last time out. So the one and the two to me are horses I want to make sure I'm using in some of my late exotics. Keep an eye on, you know, from an individual race perspective. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm usually going to bet the the better price, but if uh, runaway rumor, I, I'm I'm a little bit higher on. Just you know, based more on race shape, because I do think Dem Dog will have to go a little bit and then make the decision: Am I going to try to either go or sit? And what's going to happen with Dem Dog Jouster and possibly one other runaway rumor? Um, I feel a little better about her getting the getting the kind of trip she needs and and you know producing that late rally. So five to one ish range for her would feel a, would feel pretty fair. For uh, making a win wager, and uh, Dem Dog would be one I wouldn't want to exclude from my exotics there. And that is Friday over at Saratoga. Best of luck for your Friday racing at Saratoga. Let's uh, let's get those past performances out for Del Mar for Saratoga. Before we do, I want to let you know a little bit about our friends over at SaraCandles.com. C E R A Candles.com. All natural soy. Wax candles free from the toxins, carcinogens, pollutants that are present in a lot of the other leading candle brands. Promo code GINO will get you 10% off your purchase from sarahcandles.com. Del Mar, race number one. We got Maiden 50 claimers. There are a couple really difficult races on the card at Del Mar. I'm going to kind of quickly uh, go through the full card. We'll kind of talk you through it. So we have a Maiden 50 claimer there for two-year-old Phillies to start. Five furlongs, the distance. Honestly, any one of them could win. It would not be a shock. N- nobody in here is overwhelming. We all agree it, it you know, it's going to get money just off of the, the class relief and the fact that she's shown experience for a, a barn that's really good with two-year-olds. So she's going to be... Pretty close to the lead, you'd imagine Maldonado's aboard showed a lot more speed last time out. They're drawn towards the inside, so probably just going to break and go. Um, 
the the three the dam of this one was a four time winner. I'm a little intrigued by Arib. Uh, the four Jacroda's Devil dam was a seven time winner, earned 189,000. Two of three siblings won. Uh, the the six I'm a giraffe. The lone sib was a four time winner. Th- those would be, uh, I guess, a couple of the first time starters that I'm I'm a little interested in that maybe aren't the, the obvious ones. You know, with your ringer and, and maybe even seven X's as ones that more people will gravitate towards. Tough opener, honestly, because no strong opinion there whatsoever. In race number two. A lot more of a stronger opinion $40,000 claimers in here Mile on the turf course Let's look at the 6 vantage point Who's dropping in class Who's facing the uh, uh, optional for 100,000 first level allowance Last time out And he was in a race that's come back live He actually defeated or He, he was behind the ho- one of the horses that defeated him The runner up of that race On uh, June the 18th was Flashiest Flashiest come, came back to win the Ocean side And in this in that race Vantage Point just didn't break well He wasn't asked early on And he got stuck behind horses Inside, he was about 7 lengths off He got steadied, they moved him to the outside And he was in the 2 path Then just a little bit wider It just wasn't a great trip, especially a grass trip And It was against a lot tougher Now When he broke his maiden back on May the 1st He's had a really nice trip A good start, he moved to the 2 path He settled 2nd, he was a length behind the pace setter He loomed up at the top of the lane It was a strong win Going a mile Tried a mile in an 8th last time out Well, I don't know if it was the distance But the trip just wasn't great So now you drop, you turn back a little bit And So look at his 3 losses In his debut sprinting on the dirt he was behind Defunded, who's multiple graded stakes placed. He was behind Following C, who was put up via DQ in the Haskell to second. Following C has two wins. His wins, uh, he has a 100 and a 97 buyer in those two. Always been very highly regarded. And Bezos, who was supposed to be Baffert's best horse. And <clears throat> when Bezos won, he actually won nicely that day. So Vanded Point's three losses have come in pretty tough spots. And this is a really great spot for him. To me, he's a type of horse who I would single in like an early pick five in, in some of your early exotics. Third race, he got maiden 20 claimers, six furlongs the distance. Some horses to mention. Um, the two getting the first time Lasix, second off the long layoff, second time for Kitchingman. The three adds the blinks, vaporized. The four mad catter, wooden shock, uh, showed a little bit of improvement and some early speed really in both. Uh, I like the seven, I think, most in Union Bliss. Union Bliss just didn't seem to really have his footing inside at Los Alamitos early on in his June 26th race. He he kind of was shuffled back a few, and then he really started to show some late energy. He was not far out of it from third. He now gets off the rail. In his first two starts... Uh, he did not run poorly. His debut was going six and a half furlongs. You know what? It was it wasn't the greatest start. And then he just sort of round around in a circle after that. At career start number two, he had a much better beginning. He was behind uh, McWhorter. McWhorter, who came back to win an optional fifty next time out. 
You want to go a little deeper, I wouldn't even talk you off the Roan Ranger in a race where nobody scares the heck out of you, but I'm most intrigued by the 7 Union Bliss. That'll be my top selection, and I would use Union Bliss over some of the others that I mentioned. Probably combos of 2, 3, 4, and 8 there, but uh, Union Bliss on top. As we move along to race number 4 on the Friday Del Mar card, Mile, Optional, 62, Non-2, The Level, and I will... So the, the three inside horses are all, you know, logical. Bold Endeavor, Family Biz, Order and Law. They make a lot of sense. You've got, towards the outside, uh, Azul Coast, who is a, a stakes winner for Baffert, making his return and his first start in 2021. He was not good in 2020, towards the end, really after that uh, early success. And so not exactly sure what to expect from him. The horse who I like a little bit in here is Tyshawn, who, gosh, I've chased him a few times now. Uh, But the price should be square here. You'll see he has not won in a a long time. And I liked him a lot last year, but he was in some tough spots. Uh, So, you know, you look at where he was last year. He's in the Arkansas Derby, in the Indian Ab Derby. Then he goes and, and tries a grass and, and stakes a few times there. So they start his four-year-old season at Santa Anita on the main track on February the 13th. And he was behind a, what's name award winner who's actually come back to uh, be pretty good this year. Won uh, the next two starts, including the grade two Winningham. The winner of that race, Scardo, is actually a stakes winner in graded stakes play. So Tyson comes off of a couple-month layoff and actually hooks a, a pretty tough field that day and just doesn't get not really persevered with. it. The race didn't shape up all that well for him. Comes back on April the 10th and just a brutal start from the rail. Last, eight lengths off, inside, started to move, then angled off the rail, three deep in between. Lambeau run, won that race uh, wire to wire, but there was no passing at all. Bold Endeavor sat third, Haywood's Beach sat fourth. Haywood's Beach actually came out of that race to win next out in optional 62. It was third in the grade three Cougar. Sprawl in the uh, May 30th race in the slop at Churchill, or in the May uh, 9th race in the slop at Churchill. Sprawl uh, out of that one came back to finish third in the Stephen Foster Last out, it looked like Tyshawn actually ran really well. It was a fine start on the inside, then had a little bit of traffic, was fourth, was it's kind of third up the rail, saving ground, then moved through, got a nice opening, moved up to uh, within a, a half a length, was in the two path, was in between, in between horses, just really couldn't go on with the top few, and did try hard even after being passed. He's a little sneaky because he's got ability, and you can make some excuses for his last efforts. Maybe he's just turned into a horse that will run and maybe finish underneath and he doesn't have the killer instinct. That could be. But if he is in the 6-1 to one plus range, that's very fair value for his chances of winning this race. Because, yeah, you, you know, would you, you wouldn't want to count on him as a horse who hasn't been consistent. Really, if he dropped in class and he was in a spot where he was like looked overwhelming, I wouldn't want to play him. Because, yeah, he's, a, he's shown that he'll get into some trouble. But w- he's capable of winning with the right trip. And that price could be right in here. Taishan, we're looking for around 6-1 to one or so. We move to Del Mar's 5th. It's a $20,000 claimer, mile on the main. The 
Seven and the two are the uh, the two horses I'm the most intrigued by. Tribal Nation as just maybe he he is the quickest and gets the lead. But then the more and more I looked at this race, I mean, I could honestly see three or four other horses also getting asked for a little bit more speed because it doesn't look like there's all that much on paper. And the one horse who I feel pretty consistent about what he will do is the seven Mount Pellier. So his last two main track races were very good. He was third and he was first. And then on June the 13th, the lot in his most recent race, he actually had a very good beginning. He was close up, but then he was taken back to fourth. He got hooked wide. Then he was in between horses. He got shuffled back like three lengths. He ended up back to last. He was five lengths off. Then he makes like a six, seven wide move all the way up to battle for the lead. Um, it just was not the best trip, but he really showed a little something in that race. And I think it's a very nice race to try to build off. You come back to the dirt in here, you show us uh, some ability, a good spot for Mount Pellier. If this race shapes up, if a couple go quick enough, he could be the beneficiary in here, and he should be a very square price. We'd want around a 8-1 to one or so. I'm seven two taco flavored kisses. If you look for uh, under horse to use, chasing flame rookie year. I don't really have anything against. I mean, even the two to the outside, they wouldn't shock me. But this race is going to be uh, for me trying to key around the uh, the two and the seven. Moving to the sixth race, yeah, I just don't. I don't have a uh, a terribly strong opinion in this one either. Um, the four and the seven would be the the two that I'll look towards. Love my Jimmy as possibly just the quickest on the slight cutback. The seven Citrus Burst. I think you can look at Citrus Burst. Excuse for uh, the two starts back race where he was sent to the bench for a few months. He did not run poorly last time out in a stakes race in a turf sprint at Gulfstream. The runner-up effort to Kiratori would stack up really, really well. So Citrus Burst is definitely on my radar in here. Nothing. I, I, this is what I mean about some some contentious races. There were There's eight races on the card, and there are four or five of them where you can go, okay, well, yeah, I mean, the, the two's got a 15-month layoff. I, I probably don't think he can win this race, but wouldn't be insane. What's wrong with the, the turf fo- sprint form for thanks, Mr. Edison? What has Commander done wrong recently? So at four seven six three, I kind of have as I'll be using in in a, in the most of the exotics, and I'll try to build around four and seven at, at nicer prices. We get to the Fleet Treat closing remarks is entered in the Fleet Treat, also entered in a stakes race on Saturday. If closing remarks runs in the Fleet Treat, she will be a horse that I, I probably single. She's never been on the dirt, but she's been working fine on it, and she is just really impressive. Some of the horses that she's lost to, uh, Madoni, we'll see in a stakes race on Saturday. Going global, we'll also see in a stakes race, and they're just legitimate. Graded stakes caliber horses Closing remarks has been facing them But now she's going to come back in with Calbreds Her two races against Calbred Company They were both wins She's very honest She's just been very unlucky She had a a really bad, bad start She had to take up And she was last early She was 8th And she had to move widest of all 
she's going to show up and give you a good effort each and every time. She's had legitimate trouble in the only other race that doesn't look like a good race. She just had brutal a brutal trip. And that was in a tough spot too in the Jimmy Durante. The three respectfully should get the lead in here. Does she want to go seven? Who knows? Uh, Eddie's new dream probably won't be too far off. Cutting back gives her a little bit more punch. So the three and the four would not be shocking. Uh, Fifi Farrow is obviously in good form. I think because of the inside draw, um, I-, I prefer others just a little more in here. The eight, Teddy's Barino. Yeah, if she transferred the form over to the dirt, I would not be surprised. But this will all, all be about the two for me. And, and uh, if she's in this race, it's going to be uh, a single. As I move to the eighth and final, Calbred Maiden Specials. Looking at the five, wilder than most. They're going to go a mile in the turf course in here. Wilder than most is bred to love the grass. In his debut, back in August of 2019, he ran really well on the dirt when flashing speed and finishing second against Calbred Maiden Special Weights. Then he didn't run from August of 2019 to June of 2021. And he had a tough start. He was bumped. And and then he ended up in a little bit of traffic in between horses. Kind of trying to figure things out. Keep in mind, Carla Gaines is as a, a very solid trainer. She's not very good first time out. And not very good off of long, long layoffs. Those are just... She doesn't crank the horses all that much. They they take a race or two to, to get going, and then that's how she'll she figures them out, and she lets them kind of build up their fitness and doesn't doesn't try to uh, to overdo it with them in the mornings a lot of the time. And I think that's pro- probably partially why she does a really good job with turf horses too, because she kind of lets them develop, lets them figure themselves out, and and they respond and they mature wilder than most. Second off the long layoff puts two starts together. Should be right on the front end, stretching out from six furlongs to a mile. And so I think that has to be the game plan with Pratt aboard. Just let's not try to get a little, not even get cute with her. Let's just try to get right out front, open up a few lengths, and see, uh, you know, see if anyone can come get us. That is Friday over at Del Mar. We're going to flip to. Saturday racing in just a moment. Before we do, want to let you know a little bit about OldSmokeClothing.com. Old Smoke Clothing and the promo code GINO will get you free shipping off your order. Quality clothing and merchandise rooted in the iconic symbols of horse racing and the racing industry. I'm talking hats, t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, zip-ups, an unbelievable, a cornucopia, a wealth of uh, selections of choices there for you with their merchandise. Check it out, oldsmokeclothing.com. And one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast from the very beginning, she's been with us, Cindy Carava over at cindycarava.com, full-service realtor Cindy Carava, who can help you out in many different ways like buying Selling, leasing Cindy can connect you with the the right kind of people If you need help with home improvement She can connect you with vendors If you need help with a, a getting pre-approved For a home loan She can connect you with lenders and You can find out information on that website CindyCarava.com For all of the listings that she has Reviews about her on Yelp and Zillow One of the kindest And most genuine people 
you will ever meet. She's going to make your life so much easier when you're in that process of moving and relocating. CindyCarava.com. Check out Cindy Carava Full Service Realtor. Let's get to the Saturday racing. First up, we're going to head on over to Saratoga. Past performance is out for July the 24th. We're going to start in race number two with the Maiden Specialway Mile Turf Course Race. Maidens, Phillies, and Mayors, three-year-olds and up. The two Freedom of the Press is going to get a lot of money. Uh, we got Freedom of the Press and uh, Union Dues included here. Um, I like the, the three. So enchanting. So she's going to stretch out from six furlongs to a mile. Her three races going six furlongs. She's been your beaten favorite in all three of them. She's actually going to... I think offer you a little bit better value in here and she'll probably be close to the lead on the stretch out from six to a mile. She's going to go second start off the bench and she really did get going late to finish second last time out. It was just sort of a choice of tactics. They decided to maybe just take her back, relax and then try to come running. And you just, sometimes you just don't get there. She, she's going to be a lot closer in here and I would not be shocked if she's right on the lead. I'm thinking she sits second or third, though. Tries to save some ground from the inside. Gets the jump on the other Chad Chad Brown runner in here. And could just fall into a really nice trip. So enchanting would would be like an early exotic single for me. And maybe we could uh, get a second choice in here or so. and, And get a little bit of value and some separation. We will continue on the Saturday July 24th card at Saratoga. We are going to move to race number uh, six. Just one I want to mention. Just throw Bourbon Heist into some of your exotics there if you're playing. But as we get to the seventh race, I have a much stronger opinion here with the one performing arts. I really like the progression we've seen from him. He, in his last two starts in particular, uh, I think we can... We can excuse him for the mile in an eighth race and, and, and maybe just say that was in a tough spot and maybe a little farther than what he wanted. So, comes back on May the 16th with a really solid third. And then last time out when he breaks his maiden, he settles eighth. He's about five lengths off. He's inside. He's traveling well. And he he gets a, a nice kind of quick four wide move up. To challenge, it was it was really impressive. So he's towards the back of the pack. He gets a split, quick split, boom, angles, four wide move up to challenge, and an easy W. He's on the improve. He's gonna save all the ground in here. The horse that he beat last time went up to Woodbine and won a maiden special weight by ten plus lengths and got a ninety buyer speed figure in doing so. That's the one performing arts in a wide open race. If this guy is anything over. 6-1, to one. that feels about right where he should be in this race, and that's worthy of a win wager to me. The one performing arts in race number 7 on Saturday at Saratoga. Let's get to the 8th. We've got a maiden special weight mile on the turf. Let's look at the 5 Midnight Choir, who debuted back in October for Jonathan Thomas. So, yeah, we do have some concerns because it's July now, and we haven't seen Midnight Choir since. But, She's got a steady tab. This is a barn who is excellent off of a very long layoff. They're going to get her Lasix for the first time. She's going to add the blinks. Her dam one going long on the turf, and she's going to stretch out from six furlongs to a mile, so the breeding fits. And 
she actually got bumped at the start. She was in a little bit of traffic. She, you know, was moving. And then she, she was moving, like, kind of searching. And then she ducked down to the inside. She was behind horses, kind of waiting around. Look who she was behind in that race. Honey Pants, who's multiple stakes placed. That's a two-time winner. The, uh, the horse who we talked about earlier, so enchanting, the Chad Brown runner. We, we just uh, mentioned, as we like earlier on the card. And then Miss Brazil, who's a stakes winner and multiple stakes placed. So you have, you bumped at the start. You're in a little bit of traffic. Lots of positives and adding the blinks, adding the Lasix, moving to a distance that should be better for her. Going the mile on the turf, exiting a very strong race. Barn that's super capable off the long, long layoff. Let's take the number five, Midnight Choir. Anything in the, I, I had six to one is what I was looking for here on Midnight Choir in race number eight. In the ninth at Saratoga on Saturday. This is a, a good first level allowance race. Seven furlongs. And it's it's good because it's contentious. I don't think it's good because there's any one or two particular horses that scare the heck out of you. It's just, if you told me any result in here, it wouldn't shock me all that much. I won, I won at least 5-1 to one on Amendment 19, and I'm a little worried that she may not be. So if, if she's not, then maybe we call an audible and go somewhere else. I do think uh, that Carmel Swirl has some ability. Um, um, um uh, and you know, and and treat if I wanted to go, uh, uh, you know, in a different direction. But Amendment Nineteen in the debut was behind Always Karina, and Always Karina came back to win her next start, and then she was second in the Grade Two Mother Goose with uh, ninety plus buyers in those couple starts. And the third place finisher in that race, the one that Amendment 19 outfinished, came back to win a maiden special weight next out by three and a half. Then Amendment 19 also comes back and wins impressively, stretching out, now adds the blinkers. She got a little outrun from the rail in the debut and and got going late. And then when you watched her stretching out, again, she was in the slop. She was slow. She was about five off. But she angled to the outside. She was six. It was a big three-wide move up to take over. That's, that's why I wouldn't want to take too short of a price on her, though, because she hasn't had great starts in either. So, you know, make sure to demand a little bit of value in in a race that looks wide open. That's the thing about wide open races. People say, oh, it's wide open. You know, there are many, many ways to go in here. And they use the top four betting choices. So, if you like one of the top four choices in a wide open race that is kind of good because they'll probably be a little bit better value than they should and and that's fine Um, value is value and it's different to everyone but I thought the ninth race was a a difficult one and yeah I mean you start making cases like I so for me Entreat will be in some of my exotics Amendment 19 Carmel Swirl is obviously the horse to beat but I I'm I'm curious what the the price will be on uh, on Amendment 19. So five to one is fine. Five to two we don't want. Tenth race it's the Grade Three Caress, five and a half furlongs on the turf. I think Flower Point has an opportunity here to get the right kind of setup. Now she needs a lot of help. 
She's a stone cold closer And she's cutting back to five and a half furlongs So she's Really really going to need the right Kind of trip but she has shown that She can do it at at This shorter distance and The key to this race For me is the fact that Caravelle draws The inside because Caravelle has showed us that She's fine sitting I just think because of the inside draw And with some other speed Right next door to her It it could put her in a tough spot And really have to force her to at least Break alertly Use some of that speed, get position And string the rest of the field out a little bit more And make them work a little bit harder than they'd like to You get Robin Sparkles Who's going to be flashing that speed Right next door You get Jakarta to the outside Who you know, wasn't able to keep up with Robin last time out, but was not at all, you know, someone that Robin disgraced on April the 30th when Jakarta was in front of Robin Sparkles that day, early. So, you know, you put Robin Sparkles, Jakarta, you throw Caravelle down on the inside, and it's not like In Good Spirits is slow, but she's more of a route speed Type and she'll be sitting in more of these In in these turf sprints More likely I think You start looking at that Tass with the blinkers off I don't really know what I'm going to get from her And In good spirits She could win She could get a trip I just sort of prefer Flower Point Coming off of that recent win With a very Strong finisher aboard the number five, Flower Point in race number 10 at Saratoga on Saturday. I probably won. This is the grade three caress. Uh, your uh, your Saturday, one of your Saturday features there, unfortunately. The other, uh, oh, we'll get to that in a second. So I, I, I would, uh, I'd want at least five on Flower Point because of the way she's going to have to win this race with her running style. I don't want to, with her running style, her at a short price. But the fifth race is the CCAO because I, I just skipped right over it, and because I'm, I'm not going to play the race, it's really unfortunate. We've seen this in a lot of these stakes races. A field of four, you got the Kentucky Oaks winner Malathat, who's undefeated. She's five for five, and only three rivals in the Grade One CCA Oaks. I Clarier is talented. She had some legitimate trouble in her last start. Rock, paper, scissors They'll probably try to get her out front In this spot She's going to have to step up a ton Maracuja When did I play her? Yeah, I liked her a little two starts back She just eh, She was in a little I was tough, in tough with the Oaks last time out But it, it's just a bummer to see races like this Only show up with four horses So I didn't even bother spending time uh, discussing it Because I'm, I'm There are a lot of good races on Saturday at Saratoga to play But and unfortunate when you see these big graded stakes races come up short like that But nonetheless, a, a good Friday and Saturday with plenty of opportunities But make sure we, we demand that that value, we demand some of the prices that we want As we now head over to Del Mar Let's uh, take a look at Del Mar for Saturday Get those past performances out for Del Mar Saturday, July the 24th so we'll start at Del Mar on Saturday In race number one with the one Rhythm, Rhythm and Grace Who will go a mile on the turf course Rhythm and Grace I think should save ground nicely From the inside She had a good start on June the 18th But she couldn't 
tuck inside. And so she she was three deep going into the turn. That wide trip ended up costing her late. She was right in striking range. She was with the leaders. And then she tired in the final, you know, furlong, like right at the top of the lane or so. I, the cutback should help. Save all the ground from the inside. Uh, just beat two back, uh, you know, wicked beat that day. Rhythm and Grace, I think, will be very, very well meant in this spot, saving all the ground. A horse who I may uh, may single right off the bat in an early pick five situation on Saturday. Moving to the third, we've got uh, a maiden special weight here where I think was just at least worth talking about because the 2C Dreamer is uh, is looking to be very nice. She comes out of a live race where we've already seen the third place finisher Zydeco Mama come back to win. She got a, a pretty big <clears throat> speed figure in finishing second that day. I think from a betting standpoint, the three Little Town Sis is the one that intrigues me. She raced twice at Churchill, and she didn't run poorly in either, but I didn't really get the feeling she loved that surface. It seems like she's uh, trained really well at Santa Anita, and, and especially at Del Mar, and I, I Get the feeling they're trying to get a lot more speed into her. She had a slow start on June the 5th. She took a few strides to really get going. She was last. She was inside. She was behind horses. She angled around three wide. Then she's in between. She ends up losing to a wire-to-wire winner that day. Magic Quest, who comes back to win a non-two allowance out of that. So the races come back live. Yeah, I'm going to give her a shot in here. The number three, Little Town Sis in race number three on Saturday. The fourth race, Maiden Special Weights, they're going to go a mile on the turf course here. I do think both the um, the outside horses, the 9 and the 10, are logical if you want to use in some exotics. Awfully Naughty and uh, Michael McCarthy uh, it, it, it are very interesting to use out there because McCarthy is much better second time out. Uh, this guy in particular was... Slow start, he was about 10th of 11 early, 7-8 lengths off. He angled around and in between. He got into a nice stride late, and that was just his debut. And this barn is really, really good with horses making their second start. Oncoming, very logical. The one, Dicey Mochara, he made his U.S. debut on May the 1st, and he, he had a slow start. But the race was a really tough race. It's come back live. No foolery here. One next out and then was third beaten ahead in the ocean side. Hudson Ridge came back to win uh, out of that and actually beat the horse who won the ocean side. Um, Dicey Mochara returned on May the 29th, finished fourth that day, was only beaten a length and a half, had a good start, and wanted to go, was kind of pulling from the inside. Uh, the last eighth ended up doing him in because of he wasn't really settling he wanted to go if they can just get him relaxed a little bit more if they can have him figured out now making his third start if he can progress just a bit mature just a bit out of that save some ground from the inside uh, he should be right there in the mix the number one dicey mochara race number four i'll use the, along with the nine and the ten so one 9 and 10. I won uh, at least 5 to 1 on the 1. Our value line was uh, was 6, so we'd won, at, we'd won at least the 5 there. As we, in the 6th race, is a race where you probably want to just watch the prices because, wow, I thought 
options all over. The three memo daddy horse you could use, the four Goliath is going to be really tough as a first time gelding. I would not be shocked if he ends up, you know, going off and favored and taking a lot of money here. I mean, I wouldn't talk you off expecting improvement from Uncle Aduma. Um, from from Abigail is probably one of the prices that I like the most in here. You've got Evening Sun, who's going to be second time U.S. You've got Southern Horse, who showed some improvement last time out and wouldn't be a shock. You've got a, a new face with the motto and Pratt teaming up with Ottawa Fire. I, I just... Yeah, this is probably a a wait, see what the prices are, and and play you know combinations of those horses that I mentioned based on who's getting uh maybe who's who's the best best looking up on the board. Seventh race looks like one of those good two year old maiden special weight races. We'll see these these are fillies. The five honor it. The dam of this one, she won her debut. At Del Mar going long on the turf Then she won a turf stakes Then she was third in the grade 1 chandelier Her uh, for her only foal That she's produced so far uh, Is a winner You've got Dance to the Music Who doesn't really have a, like a monster pedigree Or anything But she was a $575,000 purchase At OBS uh, this Earlier this year Bicameral Wouldn't be a shock I'm probably the most intrigued by Mirasol. I just hate the rail, and and that's that worries me because I've watched a couple of her works on XBTV.com. The July 9th work, she was a step slow from the outside. If she's a step slow from the rail, she's in trouble. July 1st, she was pretty quick early, and she sat off. I didn't love love the works visually, to be honest. Um, they're pedigree wise, it's what. Interested me more with her So the damn Just Whistle Dixie Was a multiple graded stakes winner on the dirt A five time winner who earned 449000 She has produced Six foals All six of them have raced and all of them have won As far as you know the horses that we've seen In the past performances that have raced All of them have won She's a half two grade one winner Breeders Cup juvenile winner New Year's Day Precocious A half two Irish Unity has raced three times, has two wins, including a 93 buyer in one of those victories. A half to Mohamed, who won the first five starts of his career, four of them graded stakes. A half to Kingley, who is a graded stakes winner, who won his debut, going six furlongs on the dirt at Del Mar. A half to Enforceable, who's a graded stakes winner, and Enforceable was grade one placed as a juvenile. So those five that I just mentioned all are not only good, but all showed precocity. There's a lot to like about Mirasol. I just hate the rail. And I I, I wish I wouldn't have seen that July. I almost wish I wouldn't have seen the July 9th race off the step slow, but I, I'm, I'm glad because if this is a horse that is a, a slow starter and with the rail draw, that could hurt. She's not a toss at all for me. I just... I, I can't get away from the very logical horses in this seventh race. It's it's a hard race for me to figure out how I'm gonna play it, and I'm I'm sort of glad it, it comes up in the seventh because I probably won't. Um, it's the start of a, I think like a late, like some of your late rolling exotics. Um, you can play pick threes and stuff here, or but I, yeah, if if somebody's a one of those horses I mentioned, Mirasol, Bicameral, Honor It, or Dance to the Music were to really float up, then that's who I would play. 
in the eighth. It's the grade two Eddie Reed. Feels like a really good spot for Count again. Feels like a good spot for a couple closers who may have been a little short chasing speed in speed uh in speed favoring situations. But Count again, who has been, you know, behind Colonelium domestic spending hit the road and smooth like straight recently. That's it. Those are the horses that he's finished behind in his two starts. Going a mile where he just couldn't quite get to hit the road, who set the great trip and smooth like straight, who was so is so honest. And this mile and an eighth is probably a little beyond where smooth like straight is best. He's very capable of winning at this trip. But if Smooth like straight and award winner, kind of the key to this race. Can he put enough pressure on smooth like straight to make it difficult on him? So then, you know, if you have those two, maybe restrained vengeance is not all that far behind them, trying to keep them honest. Has tried to to be a nuisance to, to smooth like straight in the past. I'm not really high on United in this spot. I think at this distance, he might have to be a little farther back than he wants against a field like this. And I don't know if he wants to come from five or six out of it. So count again with the opportunity to just take back, make his late run, and hope that, you know, award winner and maybe perhaps some combinations of a few others in here can help soften up smooth like straight early. Four, six, three. For me, say the word would be the other one who I think, kind of like Count again, could could benefit from off the pace. Four six three, there in race number eight at Del Mar on Saturday, the Grade Two Eddie Reed. We head to the tenth. It is the Grade Two San Clemente. Going global is going to be very very tough. A perfect four for four since coming into this country and has won her last uh, five in a row. The Two going global, no doubt the one to beat. Towards the outside, the nine, uh, Madoni was well defeated by going global in the honeymoon last time out, but you you would be willing to give Madoni another shot in here. If you are looking for a new face or maybe a different, you know, a bigger price, I'm going to go with Kirikatsi. Now, her race, it, it's weird, because it was disappointing that she didn't win, but I think she... I, you know, I think there is a reason why she was in the two path. She was pressing the leader just off, and then she was having to work a little bit harder than they probably wanted. But she did move to the lead early to mid stretch, and I think that Gonzalez sort of thought she was going to win. And what ended up happening is there was a, a horse who down kind of inside of her got an opening, split horses, and quickly, like, split horses and moved right in front of Karakatsi in the in the final strange, uh, in the final stages of the race. And by the looks of it, Karakatsi just kind of got caught. And so, yeah, I think she's in a spot where if going global doesn't win, nobody else in here is really terrifying. I'd prefer a new face like her. So I have them stacked. Uh, the two and ten are the horses I'll use everywhere with the nine Madoni um, as one to uh, to also include in some exotics. So that is Saturday, 
for Del Mar. Hopefully, we uh, we let you do some uh, some winners to some price places to uh, price horses. Play. You, you can tell that it's time for me to finish up with the racing. I'm I'm starting to to uh, the bumble the words a little bit, and that means it's time for. This week in wrestling with Chad Cooper, we had a lot of wrestling news this week. Daniel Bryan's in the news. CM Punk is in the news. John Cena is back. Bill Goldberg is back. Many of those things are good. Maybe not all of them are great. We're going to talk about uh, AEW for quite a bit at the beginning and all the recent news and some of the the successes that they've had with the ratings. Uh, The new rating came in for their recent show. They were up at 1.1 million. I think they were getting a lot of buzz because the rumors dropped that that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk uh, could be headed to AEW soon. I, I think a lot of people tuned in on Wednesday just wondering if they might see one of them showing up. We had good shows from WWE. I guess one good show. SmackDown was good. Money in the Bank was good. The last 90 minutes was awesome. And then Monday Night Raw was eh. NXT, okay. Kind of mediocre. But we were really disappointed at what happened with uh, with Monday Night Raw and how they treated uh, NXT as a brand overall. So much to discuss with Chad Cooper on This Week in Wrestling. Here it is, folks. Fight of the Night. And trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's that time of the week. It is this week. In wrestling with Chad Cooper here on That's What G Said podcast. This is quite a week as it is the first full week where we have shows to recap where the fans are back in the arenas for AEW, for WWE. We've had them now for a few weeks for AEW. This was the first time we had a SmackDown and a Raw and a WWE pay-per-view. So we'll get to uh, some thoughts on all of those shows. But before we get into anything, Coop... There was some wild rumors, speculation, I guess, news, and I think all of these have been confirmed, pretty much confirmed by a, a, a good amount of pretty reputable uh, wrestling reporters and writers. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk were major uh, pieces of news on Wednesday, as uh, it looks like Daniel Bryan may have signed with AEW, and it looks like CM Punk is in negotiations to come back. I haven't said for sure, but he's looking at either AEW. Of course, he he's looking at WWE too. But we know with the uh, with his the way he left, probably more likely he shows up in AEW. That's pretty crazy that both of them popped out in the news yesterday. Very interesting, and uh, you know the more surprising of the two would probably for me would be Daniel Bryan, just because his long history with the WWE. Um, who knows? Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's they're, they're, his father in law, and the Bellas yeah. are feeling lifer WWE people. And, um, it felt like he could be got someone that tra- transitioned to a coach, or he felt like someone that could be like a really nice part timer for big events, you know, show up and have a big match with someone. But he, we've always talked about this with Daniel Bryan, um, he has different motivations than a lot of other people do, right. Uh, we, you know, he haven't seen him at all since WrestleMania. Is that right? Was he on the next SmackDown after? Yeah, they had that, that one, uh, him, he had the, he had the rematch. Singles 
the loser where he had the loser leave SmackDown. That's what it was. So we haven't seen him since then. And we thought, you know, okay, he's just taking time off. That's really surprising. Uh, You know, it's weird how you see a promotion like AEW who in the beginning says their model is going to be this way. We're going to do this. And hey, look, I'm not crapping on their signings at all. I, I'm I look at this as as like the NFL draft, Major League Baseball draft, NBA draft, any type of of heck fantasy football draft. You always want the best possible person out there 100%. on your team 100%. all of the time. You know, even if you don't think you need him or need her, you want that. You want that. And yep. you know, Daniel Bryan. You know, nobody, I mean, this guy who is definitely has never been one to live his life in on social media or in the spotlight, unlike a lot of other athletes do. He is, he's hasn't been that type. So we kind of don't know what has been going through Daniel Bryan's head. We don't know if he's wanted to come back full-time, part-time. We don't know, you know, the initial report is there was no interest on WWE side. I kind of find that hard to believe, but. You just, you never know. Um, they could have made him an offer. Um, AEW makes an offer, probably a lot more money. Uh, one show a week, you know, in the Let's middle travel. of the week, weekends Let, off. You know, you know, he wanted to do, uh, apparently he wants to get involved with New Japan a little bit or do some work in Japan and be able to have a little freedom, which AEW would likely give him more of. Uh, sure. there, there were reports a while back that actually, when WWE was in talks with maybe getting involved and in doing some sort of cross promotional stuff with New Japan, that Daniel Bryan was actually one of those like major talking points from WWE as like, hey, look, we have Daniel Bryan here who wants to do all of this. Maybe we can use him and we can work together to do some stuff. Um, and then there were also the reports, you know, Daniel Bryan, um, he has young, uh, a, a couple of young kids now, at least one, is it two now or one? I think I, two. I think two, right? Yeah, yeah like two, yeah. I think two. So I, I, you know, he had said he wanted to be able to, you know, be able to spend time with his kids when they're young and growing up. That's something that, you know, I can't imagine he needs money um, or, you know, from the way he's been, you know, uh, how how big of a star he's been recently and with how much that she's done also in and outside of the business. So, yeah, he was one that's interesting because I you and I, I think, feel exactly the same about this. Let's let me first say. If you have the chance to get Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, you get them. You, you just if, have to. You get right. them. If you're in wrestling and if you're in like you, you combat sports, whatever, like, hey, I sent you a, a tweet yesterday. My buddy uh, does some sales for Shady Rays. They got Roman Reigns to, yeah. to uh, promote some of their glasses for them. You can get you get a big name somewhere, you know, you go get them. And the the, the only only issue I have with this is I just. I think you and I sometimes get more frustrated necessarily with the response to AEW than with actually what yeah. AEW is doing, you know, right. and kind of like what they say they're going to do versus what they do. We, I'm I'm entertained by most of their shows. I just kind of get like I kind of roll my eyes sometimes afterwards when a lot of the people will say, oh, that's just so much better or so much different than WWE or we're anti WWE or whatever. It's like, I mean, this is this is good wrestling, but let's not pretend like. They are doing something completely different I think they try Like I watch a show like last night um, And I, I feel like right now AEW is always Going to try a little bit harder Because yes. they have to They're the new yeah. 
They're the new one on the block. They're going to give you on a consistent basis. They're going to try harder. Um, but there's still there's still a lot of things that will go through th- from the show that necessarily won't click or maybe aren't specifically my taste or some others' taste. But I do get the they're try they're going to try harder and they have a little bit more good faith built in right now. I just wish everybody would just you know it, it, I I know it's hard. It's it's never going to be that way. It's always going to be a battle. It's always <laughs> going to be this and that. But we, I think you and I kind of laugh a little when we see things that WWE does wrong because you and I are gonna we we get all over them for sure, and we and we're going to I'm, I'm sure on Monday Night Raw for some things that they did. Um, but when when I feel like sometimes when AEW does the same exact thing, you know, a lot of people won't say it or won't really critique it, and that's fine. Maybe it's just because they're they're newer and they have some good faith. I just I I'm if Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are on my TV, I'm glad. Let's just say it's good for pro wrestling, and you know, and we and and we don't have to pretend like it's and we're no, WWE. It, it's yeah, Gino. Not to cut you off, I'm just no. I, I'm I'm I, I'm animated about this. It, it's not the fact that that they're on my TV. I never was, and I've said it on this show before. Even though we had the hot buildup going to WrestleMania, I just haven't been. I never was a big Daniel Bryan guy. I, I know uh, there's. A lot, a lot, you know, we, uh, fans. We saw the Yes movement uh, and, of course, CM Punk with the pipe bomb. I think Daniel Bryan probably carries more weight now than CM Punk because CM Punk has been out of the game for so long. Um, he kind of had a failed MMA career that really didn't go very well at all. Um, you're not going to hear Daniel Bryan come out and dispute this, you know, report because, again, he, he, he just doesn't live that way. Yeah. My thing about it is, is AEW is not doing AEW things. It just, you know, just to the average person, it seems like to me, if you put it on paper and see who the guys uh, look, and of course, the guys that you want that are free agents more than likely are going to come from the WWE, right? Look, no offense. uh, There's some guys and girls on impact that I would like to have. There's some guys and girls ring of honor I would like to have. I'm not putting them down, but you're going to turn your attention first to the WWE. And it just looks like AEW, uh, you know, they had a pretty strong rating last week. They went over a million for the first time in a while. Uh, They're, you know, we're what, two weeks away uh, from this new Friday night show. That's going to come on at 10 PM or 9 PM central, you know, time that comes on after SmackDown. Uh, they're going to have to load up and they, while they have a very deep and talented roster, a lot of those people on that roster cannot carry ratings. And it just looks like to me, they're, they're, they're wanting the headlines and they're, and they're definitely grabbing them. If these two, uh, these two signings come to fruition. What's, what's funny was um, I thought last week's, the show we talked about uh, from last week's AEW show was very good. Um uh-huh. And and there, I, this week's was 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 okay. Um, there were a couple things that I, I told you, like I just when we talked about it, that I just don't love, and, and we'll get it. But it, it when I was watching the show, I was kind of thinking, this even if, if those two guys don't show up in AEW, or if one of them does, or whether, either way, whoever whoever released that information was really smart because I think they're going to get a good rating last night because I bet oh, you I bet you some extra yeah. people to heard Daniel Bryan heard CM Punk. And maybe didn't read all the stuff And maybe didn't even read that Yeah, none of them were going to be coming out last night 
if if it was anything, it was going to be the the New York show in a month, or those two guys are guys that you'd probably want to have promoted. Also, you know, yeah, um, yeah maybe they it, show up it, once for like a surprise, but I I don't know. You probably would want to promote them, especially like it, with CM Punk. I think you kind of hit it. Um, I I actually feel like Daniel Bryan would be uh would be bigger for them, and uh, it's not that you know. CM Punk, I still I still think would be fine in the ring, and he he'd be fine on the mic, and he'd be good. I think the first when he showed up initially, and the first like month would be really hot for him. People would be wondering, and I think it'd probably cool off a little bit. It it feels to me like with Punk, when he was coming up, um, the he was really really one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, and now the this like the bot like the floor level of wrestling all over is much higher. Just Big like the, like the average match that you get out there is is pretty good quality. I don't know if he stands out as much like just from like oh is he going to be able to give you a five star match all the time? But his his persona, um, it both of these guys would help AEW in the short term for sure. Absolutely. If they want to get some news, some eyeballs, uh, and a little bit more buzz, um, I, I just start to wonder with all of with them. So now you've got those two. You uh, you know you had Christian in the mix recently. Um, you you know Big Show and Mark Henry. We're not seeing a, a ton. That's fine. But that are you know you you fla- a flash on a segment, and you got Mark Henry. You got Rusev. Uh, you, I mean, you got Matt Hardy. You got Rusev. Uh, you know who, who's now you know Miro up on the thing. You got Malachi Black now who's. Who's Andrade. on there? You flash on. You got Cody Andrade. There's just a lot of recently, um, and and then to counter that, you know, a lot of the guys they want to build their company around too. Uh, Jungle Boy, MJF, uh, you know, Guevara. But then there's Jericho out there too. You know, right. uh, there's Sean Spears out there. There was just a lot of WWE like people that go, oh yeah, that's that. and and like you said, it's going to be inevitable. In this day and age, like people leave WWE, they're looking for somewhere else to go. That's fine. They just they have to make sure that they, um, they continue to uh, tiptoe that line, right? Where you're you're not just oh wow that was like an hour straight of every guy. It's it's sort of how you produce the show too. I get mad when WWE does this a lot, where it's like did they just realize there were three matches and all three of them had a roll up finish? <laughs> yeah, you know they they have to be cognizant of like. Oh hey, we just had four matches in a row where there were just straight WWE guys on there. We don't want to just come off a little WWE light. It, they have to be in ring guys, right? We we were we were also told that Tony Khan's uh, next week is announcing a new major live event. Um, I, I can one only assume that probably has to do with women. Um, you know WWE. There was a there's. Several things came out from WWE the last couple of days that they're going to do a Queens of the Ring type event, sort of like the male, the the female version of Kings okay. of the Ring. So that's something that WWE has floated out there. So one can, you know, probably assume that the that AEW is is probably going to have to showcase some of their women because they're not doing a very good job with their women's division. So I'm just guessing that that probably has to something to do with, with women. If they're going to do a major live event, it's going to be new. You know, I would think if you already have Monday and Tuesday nights, which are taped and they're taping them on Wednesday, Wednesday nights, that that's one thing 
that AEW is going to have to really be cognizant about is on Wednesday nights when you go live, uh, you're going to have to tape AEW Dark. You're going to have to tape AEW Dark Elevation, and you're going to be and you're going to be taping AEW Rampage, which is your Friday night show. So you're going to have to really be careful on some of this stuff on Wednesday nights um, uh, or, or their shows because. You know, not a lot of people are focused on Monday, Tuesday nights. They're just not. The YouTube numbers speak for themselves. Now, I did look at the results, and I saw that about half the matches of the previous, you know, two or three months, I mean, they were, you know, uh, pushing 14, 15, 16 matches on some of these Monday, Tuesday nights because they were taping them over two and three days over there in Jacksonville. Well, that's not happening now. These Monday and Tuesday night programs are now getting shorter, um, and that's one thing you're going to have to be – careful with taping in front of a live audience is a four to five hour type program when you go and uh, those fans and and just being you know just tired and when you start taping shows it's kind of like the impact factor you know i don't like i I just don't like spoilers i've never been that guy you know never been the one that wanted to go out and and read this and read that to see oh do i need to watch this show i think that's what hurts there's like there's so much less of a buzz. You can just kind of there feel is. it. There For is every even, product, the even, NXT, WWE, yeah. whenever they do it, it's just there's it's so much less. And they have to do it the what next, the next two, two weeks? weeks? Yeah. yeah, and I think it's already taped. Uh, I didn't look at the results, but I think they've already taped it um, because of the Olympics. And I think yep. it moves to sci-fi. Yeah. But e- even pre-COVID, um, it's just something different with Impact, Ring of Honor. Uh, NWA is just a different feel. So NWA is going to have to be very, or excuse me, AEW is going to have to be very, very careful when it comes to this because now you, you've got, you know, four programs a week, three hours on, on cable television, and now if if you're going to bring in two names like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, I, I you know, they're going to have to be on TV every week. You know, they just are, and so it can't, it's got to be in ring. It can't be this Mark Henry. Uh, uh, you know, Paul White, Big Show nonsense. It, yeah, you know, no, they, those two, those two, that that's that's been a waste to me. I Just agree. I don't know way. what I don't know what it's done um for them. Um, yeah, if you use these guys well, I mean, I don't know. It kind of feels to me like I they'll be used more than Sting, but I don't know the, as some of the luster worn off Sting. Like, yeah, I think it was great when he showed up for the fans, and they seemed really happy to see him those first couple weeks. The winter is coming and all that stuff, but he seems just kind of. You know, uh, sort of like a regular guy there. Um, yeah, and that's another thing. You know, uh, you're going to get buzz, and you're going to get all the, the the Twitter peeps. You know, and they're going to trend number one on on Twitter, and uh, you know their numbers are going to go up on, on social media. Uh, you know, how much more are we are we talking about on Wednesday nights here? You know, uh, their cap was their first show ever, one point five, one point six million. And it just immediately dropped off and it's, you know, average has been 800. You know, I would think they pop last week with a million. They'll probably do well again last night. If, if, if that's their goal, then, you know, they're going to have to be on T often, be on TV often, but then the novelty part of it wears out, you know, like I said, many times, man, I used to love the, the young bucks, not that I don't love them now, but they were really, really cool when I had to go seek them out. And it felt like, oh, they're on Ring of Honor this week. I can't watch New Japan. But something is different when you see these guys over and over This is and the over. WWE. This is the, the, the exact issue that yeah. WWE has had and why their audience has sort of dwindled in the last decade. Because they've become more about the brand. And you don't 
Like I don't know the stars become A little less important Um but I, I mean w- This is this is fascinating to me Um it really is like this news Because th- it seems like Daniel Bryan Is pretty close to confirmed if not confirmed From from places um and supposed to Show up in New York in uh, In September uh CM Punk was Not as but said that he was in Negotiations and possibly leaning um those two guys show up It does a whole lot but then what ends up Happening is you start you know if you are If you are So I, that'll That'll create some buzz That'll make it feel like Oh wow you know to some people that maybe haven't Tuned in for a while you got Daniel Bryan over there now You got Punk over there I wonder what that'll start To do for some of the people uh, Those young people in the company that thought They were going to have the company kind of built around them you Yeah know? because don't you think Punk And Bryan are going to be two of their Biggest stars you have to I be mean, If you have them you have to use them yes. Like like that right otherwise Like we said otherwise what if you If you get them and you just use them Here or there is it worth Getting them um, The WWE can kind of afford To do that because they're just a big Muddy machine like that it's hard to compare The way they do Things from a business Standpoint just because they've I feel you not as if they don't have like the cons have plenty of money, but you feel like WWE's got like just their they've got their foot in so many doors and they've got so much more from like what they're what they make, um, all their deals and everything. Like they just they have the opportunity to do some stupid stuff that we will call them out for. But with the with AEW, they gotta be a little sharper. This this was huge because I mean, we spent the first 15 minutes talking about this, but this was everywhere um the last you know, couple of days. The this landscape was... has changed, Gino, so much because yeah. of television. You know, years ago, we were like, oh, it's the Roman Reigns treatment. Oh, it's the Roman Reigns treatment. This guy goes off of television, comes back. Roman Reigns, you love to hate him. And then the same thing with John Cena. This guy, we couldn't, I mean, you couldn't wait to get into a, an arena to boo this guy. He mm-hmm. comes back, and he's the greatest thing ever. You know, it's just fresh. It, it's it, fresh. It, it, Man, it's di- it's just a different time. It's fresh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this changes and this kind of molds. Is is this the hot new trend to do this uh, w- with wrestlers? Let's get in. We've been talking a lot of AEW. Let's start there, and then we'll go over to WWE. So uh, they were newsworthy. They were buzzworthy. Some positive things on the show. Some things that I really um I, I got to say I didn't like, and that's a bummer. And I think this week for me. Sunday was a really great end of Money in the Bank And then Monday right. got a little bummer Because we start rolling our eyes a little bit At some things that happened But um, this was uh, a, just a crazy week As far as wrestling news and wrestling uh, content As we kick off AEW uh, Night 2 of Fighter Fest From uh, Garland, Texas And we open up with Jericho versus Sean Spears With Tully this is the five labors of Jericho Chapter one um, In this match only Spears Able to use a chair The match Fine solid um, Crowd really into Jericho As as you would expect um, He throws Spears into a chair Wedged in the corner and then he hits the Judas effect for a cover which is cool You don't see uh, you know just you Always get used to Jericho The the um, the submission wins throughout his career I love when he's able to, to get the pinfalls <laughs> Which he's done more the last few years So Jericho gets the win here But uh, after the match We find out that for labor Number two Or chapter two It's going to be Nick Gage The yeah. hardcore indie guy CZW They did a dark side of the ring on him recently 
He kind of walks out and he starts to talk some trash Now he is like a Deathmatch guy he's got a big thing coming up With Matt Cardona I think this weekend Right Ryder yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's a there's a lot of people Like who like the deathmatch style And who are really into that kind of thing Um I'll be consistent with this anytime you hear me talk about it because I'll be the saying the same thing later on at the show. You get barbed wire out there, it starts getting too much for me. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with the chairs and the ladders and the you know and the steps and stuff. Even the chairs with the headshots, kind of knowing what we know now, I get a little cringy when you get like too many just straight headshots with the chairs, you know. But mm-hmm. There's ways to still make DQ matches really good and fun that people can use the ring, use the outside of the ring, use the ring post, use a lot of stuffs. I'm not as big a fan of of the tacks and the and the 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 barbed wire and the the stuff on fire. It just wherever it shows up, indie WWE where they don't do it as much now, um, and and in other places. So, you know, Gage is someone who doesn't really do it for me, and I he's he's got a lot of like bad shit that he's done Yeah too. like he's not necessarily not like the Greatest guy in the world Where well, this is another thing with AEW where we keep kind of like they've got So many people there with talent That they could be pushing <laughs> and they Keep bringing these people in Like you know randomly and give them A push or we see like IWGP match or you know we See the good brothers come in and that's fine I think these are all talented people I, I Know what they want to do it's they want to have buzz everywhere and people all over watching and that revolving door and stuff. But it's like, okay, Gage comes in, so now you get a segment for him. He takes the spot of somebody else next week that could have been getting maybe a little bit of a, a push or maybe elevated in this spot. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho does not look 20, 30. Hell, he doesn't even look 40 anymore. The guy's in his 50s. And you, you could see him. Look, I, I am a huge Chris Jericho mark. So. I'm not saying this because he's an AEW. He's just not young anymore. He doesn't and, need to do this stuff. And this is what he's going to do. This is not going to be the, for the faint of the heart, this match. You saw in the main event, the AEW has not been uh, shy, very, shy about, about bleeding and uh, skewers and just, you know, you know, blading. I mean, people have been bleeding every week. And I just, again, I've said it every week for a while, even as a really young, enthusiastic wrestling fan. I, I remember going back in the late 70s, early 80s. Every now and then, Houston uh, would have a bunkhouse stampede match, you know, coal miners glove on the match. And you knew somebody was going to bleed. And I just never really got into it. And it just seems like we're getting more of that every week on AEW. Look, the crowd was hot. The crowd is hot for a lot of things for AEW. There was a couple times last night that I thought uh, they were kind of dead on. Like the match after Jericho and Spears, the Gallows, Frankie Kazarian. Look, Frankie Kazarian was over, showed up on Impact. He's getting uh, this push like he's the the lead hunter. We like this. This we lo- this it, was one of our and a lot of people were getting into. It was like Frankie Kazarian. He, he, he lost on Impact. He's come over here and and he's lost again on TV. That match was kind of slow, and I think it kind of hurt that uh, it, most of the match was a commercial. You could tell they tried to, you know, for the first match, Jericho and Spears. That they wanted to uh, get as much TV time as they could. And hey, look, I was glad to see Sean Spears back on TV, but man, these guys sure do lose a lot, you I, know? Yeah, no, I, I know. And it, I, um, I just, there's a lot of guys I feel like on this roster that 
could have been put in these spots, maybe. And and I don't like, know. I mean, like, I'm sure like this Wheeler guy. I, I don't know this guy. He's been on TV. It seems like every week now. I I, I don't get it. I, I you know he he and Darby fine. That match was okay. Everybody loves Darby. You could put Darby out there against with you know, anyone. Broomstick you know? and he's going to do fine. Yeah. I, I just I, I don't know. There was a couple of instances last night I didn't like. Um, yeah, the the Jericho match finishes and eh, like fi- fine match. Jericho gets a big pop. Like great good way to start the show with Jericho. It's just I let the Nick Gage stuff left a sour taste in my mouth. I would sure. I would just have loved to see them. Put a younger someone else in this position I don't know, someone bad at anyone you Bring someone else I just, he he feels like a weird person To want to get behind But um, we got uh, MJF uh, There after, oh Miro cutting the promo um, <laughs> Wondering who will be next For the Redeemer So we'll see what's up for our buddy Miro Because Two weeks without him in a match. We've had two promos. You know, yeah. I, I keep track of some of this stuff. He basically this is their television champion, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got to be on every week. Either every, on, he should be defending goes. that title every other week at the very least. Yes, he better be weeks. on Wednesday night or Friday night. You know, uh, again, I just think you know we we're building guys up. It's kind of like WWE, and we'll get to that in a second. Poor Ricochet, his push is over uh, apparently. Yeah. You know, he's gone. But again. You know, give give us these guys what we want. I, I don't think you made us wait long enough, six or seven months for him, and then we get him, and then he's off of television. Well, even even Black, we didn't we didn't get anywhere. We got a little bit of a of a recap of Alistair Black and Cody, what happened the right. last couple of weeks, but we didn't get. I mean, I would have just liked that we didn't get a promo from him, right? No, no, I, I would have just liked the promo from him. That's all from him. You know, even because for him. Him is since he hasn't debuted yet, he's in a different spot than Miro, right? Like Miro, okay, you don't have anything for him, but you can. You, there are plenty of guys he could be squashing and should be squashing somebody every week. Yes, every, he doesn't need storylines all that much right now. You find someone for him, great. But in the meantime, how many people on Dark or Elevation would love to just go in there and get squashed by him on on TV for two seconds? You got. You could find a bit. You have a million people on your roster that you can do that with, and so I need to see more of him. I would like. I would have liked to see a promo from Black. I think the the recap there, and so yeah, we're we're gonna get that match. I think in two weeks too, right? So coming in Jacksonville, August ninth, so maybe something like that. I, I hope remember. we get something from both of them next week to build it up a little bit more because it felt like Alistair Black Buzz was pretty hot a couple weeks ago. And now all of a sudden that feels like it's worn off a little bit because we j- it, it happens honestly, which is crazy when you don't see them for a week. And we just said, we don't want you or we don't need you to be doing the same thing on our TV every week, not necessarily wrestling or this and that. But with these newer acquisitions, we you, you have to continually push them because then it kind of you get out of sight, out of mind, unfortunately. Right. Oh, you're 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 100 percent correct. And it's just uh that's one of the biggest frustrating parts with me is with AEW watching the show, taking notes, going back over it, looking at the results again, and just seeing some of the things that just wasted time. And again, I did see some fans last night that thought certain segments got too too much time. I, you know, we'll get to it. I thought the Andrade, uh, the Death Triangle segment, you're, you're, we're bringing Chavo Guerrero in, and it's pretty obvious that these guys are going to turn on Pac, right? Yeah. I, it just it's it's gonna happen, but you know, 
it, it's uh he's not he's not gotten the best um, no, reception no, book, quite yet no. either. But I, I will say, which is which is kind of funny because I like the way he's presenting himself. I think he's coming off like and and some of the things like I don't necessarily see. The problem is I don't know if the Chavo and Vicky stuff have done him well. No. I don't I don't know because. I, it doesn't hurt. I mean, I, maybe it, maybe it hurts him. I don't, it does. I'm not. I'm not positive or negative, but it just. I think he comes off enough of, uh, as a star. Um, maybe you could have had somebody with him. Maybe somebody newer, just kind of alongside with him. I don't think you needed someone established to introduce him. Um, I like the way he's coming off, kind of as a badass, as a star. But I don't. The fans don't seem to know really what to do with him if he's like a face or a heel quite yet. You know, they kind of have, haven't really known how to respond to him. Um, so I, that, is, that is a weird one because, you know, you figured he was someone that would get there and that, and that crowd would absolutely eat him up. And they stick, they stick Vicky Guerrero with him for a week or two. Uh, then he's gone or then she's gone. And then you bring Chavo to speak for him. Well, you put somebody with him and he's got this other guy that kind of hangs out with him. So it's just it's just too much. It's just too I don't know. And I thought that segment probably went on too long. Yeah. Um just looking at one, two, three, four, five. We had five matches on on Dynamite. And one of them was basically a blow off, Doc Gallows and Frankie Kazarian. And the Darby Wheeler match was yeah, it was okay. So yeah, uh, it, it was fine. You know what, what did make me laugh there? I the sting and orange Cassidy. Like just like interacting yeah. with each other, I did appreciate that. Like Sting, I did too. I did as, too. that Sting as like an old guy would like play along with the gimmick. You know? <laughs> yeah, like that. That you know, some old veterans might have been like, "What the hell is this Orange Cassidy crap? I'm not going to play along with this." But Sting is a good. He's a good soldier. You know, he's a good like. He he, he's a good company dude. He will definitely do whatever you need him to do. He's always been that way. Um, that that kind of that made me chuckle. That made me laugh. And you made a point like. Yeah, Darby's a star too. I want to make sure that he doesn't get lost in the shuffle a little bit here. You know, I don't. I, he's been such a big part of this company throughout, and he was. I mean, during the pandemic, he was one of the main main attractions every week. Him and Britt, big like biggest ratings draws like every week as far as shows uh, on the TV is concerned. People tuning in, so I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle and and and, and push down because he should. He should be pretty close to being in the main event mix, you know, and, and and you bring in a punk, you bring in a Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I got Omega up there. You know, Paige is going to be in the mix up there. Um, I don't he he's one of my favorite things about this company and about this show. Him, MJF and Jungle Boy are what makes them, in my opinion, what makes them different and unique because those are really young guys that are your guys. That you want to build and that you can create and you're creating. Um, when I see them on the TV a lot, like th- those are some of my favorite segments of AEW every week with those three guys. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you. It, it's the same thinking that I have, Gino. Um, you. It, it's hard to put into words when you've been a wrestling fan for such a long time, and it's not like we're trying to. Want them, you know, we can't, we can't have everything, you know, but what makes, what makes pro wrestling fun is, is being able to talk about it, being able to see what works with fans, what doesn't work with fans. 
Darby, you know, he was he was main eventing uh, for for multiple weeks. He had this. What was it? The TNT Championship? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, um, the one that he lost to Miro by the with the squash after he got beat up. But he had that title for a long time. And yeah, um, yeah I just he I don't want. He was the main event last week, right? With Ethan yep. Page, we felt like it was kind of rushed. This this match really, I, you know, it didn't do anything special. But he's in the ring. He's over. You know, um, does Orange Cassidy turn? Are we getting an Orange Cassidy, you know, heel turn? Um, you know, there was there's some things that you know they were kind of flirting with that. That that's another guy that I thought this company had a chance to build around. I think the pandemic basically killed his all of his uh, his steam it that did, he had. Yeah, yeah that was unfortunate. Just, the fans like him, but you you something is gone now. It's the not. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, not the same. Today. He was one of the hottest guys on the show for a while. He would get the huge, the biggest responses. So, yeah, I hope, I hope they have some plans for Darby moving forward because I don't, I just, I'm trying to figure out where they're going to go with him next. And I don't, they haven't teased anything. And that's that's fine. I didn't need him there. I didn't need there to be a run in right at the end or something here. But I just, I want to make sure they've got something ready for him and not, um, not you know. Oh yeah, we're gonna let him kind of cool off for a little while because he's yeah he's got to be out there. He's something that makes them a little different, a little distinct. And then one of the best parts of the show each and every week, and she is, I mean her, I, I'd say her and Adam Page right now are the two most over people in this company, Britt Britt Baker, and uh, she she just gets res- incredible response after incredible response. Um, I thought the two girls worked hard. There were some. Clunky spots here and there Um Brit is Brit is maybe not going to be A complete Rhea, Charlotte, Asuka in the ring Her character work In my opinion is probably the best of any uh, Of the female wrestlers right now Um this, this In ring was fine It was it just was kind of fine I thought there were a couple spots here Um I, I don't really have any problems with Nyla, but the, it feels like she's been her uh, and Sheeta were such basically like the main parts of the women's division for the early yeah. part of AEW that I think it is time for Britt to kind of move on to have some new contenders and some sort of like uh, some fresh faces b- uh, battling for the title. I, you know, the match was okay. It didn't tear the roof off. I saw a lot of AEW marks. All oh, these two ladies tore the roof off. It wasn't. It wasn't tear the roof off worthy. It was no. okay. It, it worked fine. Uh, the ending was pretty cool. Yeah, the lockjaw. Yeah, she's. I, I like the lockjaw. Yeah. I like the way that. Uh, um, I, I like the way the you know, she threw her the belt and she was going to do the, you know, was that the the Eddie Guerrero, uh, you know, the old, you know, yeah. ref turns their back and, uh-huh. and, and, and you Lights, know, and, oh, it's a DQ. You got yeah. caught. So. I enjoyed that, but it's definitely time to move on. Um, I, you know, I, for a while, I thought Jade Cargill was this. Where's she been? She's she's on all the promos and all the commercials and all the, again. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even have that. It's like, where's she been? You're right. She has to be. Look, if, if Chicago is the Labor Day, is the September show, that's the Chicago show. Is that correct? That's the next big pay-per-view for them. I think it's already sold out. I would assume if Punk is coming, that's where he's going. Um, you have enough time, I would think. Um, but she would be the one that should be 
in a segment every week. Heck, she was with squashes. Which, Why is it squashes? Give her squashes yeah, every but, week. I, and I, it, I know maybe they don't want to do that because they they'll do it on a and dark and elevation and stuff. But we have to see her on our TV too. She's one of the big stars in that women's division. I. It's funny because. It seems like we're saying a lot of negative things, but but the people, it's because I think the people I'm the most positive about, I just want them to continue to to yes. get behind. Yeah. It's the same sort of gripe that I think a lot of people have with WWE, <laughs> where we're like, why isn't Ricochet getting pushed, or why isn't you know like some of these really talented people getting like their their you know um, their fair shake? Um, I think we're starting to get a little overcrowded here to where it's yeah. a problem that we're saying. It's like uh, you yes. You, we got another show coming up great with an hour, but you got to get in the, the the frame of mind where there's, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 people who you pick and you say, okay, it's you guys right now. And, or you guys are going to be gals that are going to be the people we build around. I, I feel like there's too many times where we just, we said, oh, where's Jade gone? Oh, like. We didn't see Miro very much. So there was a buzz about Alistair Black, but they had a lot. They had so much to do this week that um, you just got to continue to keep that buzz out there because this company is very good at creating the buzz. Um, They got to sustain it also. And um, yeah, Britt, Britt, one of the absolute best parts of the show. I actually really liked what came after this, Chad. The only thing to me that seemed funny is like, They've been promoting the Santana Ortiz FTR thing like a really big deal, and I, I actually liked the back and forth. They took it real serious. It was like a like a, a real UFC kind of promo, or that they would have right. sit off, or even like a like an old school uh, wrestling territory. Um, but I, the way these guys are all presented on the show, don't it's like it doesn't match the build for this. No, um, that that was my only problem. I actually loved. The segment, and I like a lot of what they've done. I I just wonder if that's the case, and you like both of these guys that much. Like, why aren't these guys in your tag team title picture, or why? Maybe whoever wins is going to go on there. I, I, but um, I enjoyed it. It just kind of seemed a little funny to me that they put a lot into it when both of these are just sort of like other like pieces of a faction, really, as as how they've been presented over the last year. And that's unfortunate. And I'm sure the match is going to be fantastic. It will, yeah. PR and Santana Ortiz will probably, uh, you know, steal the show. I know they've got some interesting matches next week. Um, I, you know, my other gripe uh, with AEW is when you do have a fantastic match, let's say that FTR and Santana Ortiz just put on this Dave Meltzer five-star special match. It just seems like then they kind of go away, you know. Uh, it, it's, you know, we saw Sammy Guevara come out in the beginning um, he's had a good match here or there the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jack Swagger, you know, whatever his name is over here in, in AEW now. I, I get so lost with some of these guys. We just haven't seen. That's why, you know, Jade Cardgill, these names that, you know, these people that you haven't seen, it just seems like to me they say, oh, we know they can put on good matches and we know they get a lot of hype and a lot of buzz when they come into the live arena. So we don't need them every week. That's what I kind of feel like AEW has. And again, for the second consecutive show, and it has been for a while now, but really for the last two shows, including Wednesday night, it's felt like they are trying to put too much into two hours. And it kind yes. of feels like it's it's a lot of the segments don't connect. I enjoyed that segment. I, it, You know, the yeah. match is probably going to be good, but again, it, it just feels like the pinnacle in the inner circle to me. 
the um, yeah, Blade Bunny. I mean, that's fine. Uh, with Cassidy Statlander, Cassidy gets the win there. Um, and that's what you said. He puts on the brass knuckles, so maybe we're getting a, a little tease of uh, perhaps a, a heel turn for him. We talked our, already about the uh, Andra- Andrade stuff with Pac. Um, looks like next week we're gonna get Christian with uh, uh, Marco. I think Christian Jungle Boy and uh, uh, the Luchasaurus versus HFO. Um, this is fine. Um, you know, it, it's okay. Just feels like a drop for Jungle Boy. Wonder yeah. what they're doing with Christian at, at this point here. He's kind of just kind of floating around. Um, QT Marshall stuff here. It just feels again. This is a lot, right? And and that's I I a hundred. It's and it, again, sometimes it'll come off like it doesn't. I appreciate the effort that they want to put in for the fans and for their wrestlers, but the problem is. It's it's just not going to continue to work when you do if you do it like this because everyone's going to feel for a while like they're they're getting a little time but then they're going to get mad that they're not nobody's really getting that much time. I look, you've been in the media for a long time as is I, I as of I. I've written, you know, Warren Roses, you know, an article before and I what I thought 3 4000 word story has been fantastic, you know, uh what what less is actually more we have a really short attention span now you know all these apps we're swiping we're reading headlines we're not even wanting to read stories and stuff anymore we we just read a headline and we get tricked by the headline and buried down in the closing paragraph that's when it really tells you the stats or the meat of the story so i again i'm with you i i look i i am glad this product is on tv but it just seems like again you're having to catch your breath at the end of the night and go, what that what all did I just and gather? Now I'm entertained. It, yep, it's very me entertaining. Too. It's not all yep. good, but I'm entertained. And then and- sometimes Raw, we're doing the other thing and we're going at the end of Raw, like really? Like there was like one or two <laughs> things that was like sure. worth you know that that worth it, and so um, I just I feel like it, it, there there can be a little bit more of a middle ground, right? <laughs> sure. You know, like there can be a, like more where there's like a good amount of newsworthy things that comes out of a show, but it doesn't feel like a, like a little bit too much as they set us up for next week. Uh, we actually got a Chris Jericho uh, little promo and he showed us that he's going to be the pain maker. Chris Jericho <laughs> next week. He's bringing his new Japan gimmick where he's uh, dressed up like a kiss, basically. And so next week we're going to get Jericho versus Nick Gage. Five Labors of Jericho, Chapter 2, no DQ match. That will not be for the faint of heart. That thing will, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting squeamish about it. Uh, <laughs> we get rough. Ricky Starks, um, Celebration, uh, Brian Cage tease that he's going to interrupt that thing. FTR Santana. Okay, so I'm looking forward to that. Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Private Party and Helico. That'll be a fine six-man tag. Um, Tony Khan's going to make an announcement. But the main event next week actually is going to be the one match that I think a lot of people are really, really interested. It's going to be that um, that elimination match, uh, the elite Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers versus Page and the Dark Order. It's going to be basically, you know, uh, five. I think uh, a ten man elimination, and if Page and the Dark Order win, they receive title matches, tag title and uh, world title against Omega. So that'll probably 
and and like the way that the show it sort of looks like what they're building, and maybe that's why we're not getting a, a whole lot of Alistair Black next week or a whole because that thing's got to go like an hour. Yeah, you would think if if we're got an elimination style, it, it's going to go an hour. And again, uh, if if it's Raw... better, this is the best thing and their biggest their biggest. This thing's got to be forty five minutes long. Because this yes. is their biggest and most important segment And their biggest thing Like I don't want to be tuning in with 25 minutes to go And this starting because they were trying to squeeze other stuff On the show Like this this has got to be what the show is built around And then maybe you know you throw in Celebrations not going to be that long You got uh, a six man tag That's fine you can put Jericho in there You know with see that that that's what's going to be weird to me Where is that going to go on the show Like you're going to put that match in the at the opening Or in the middle of the show um, what, 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 were your, what, what were your thoughts on the main event Archer and Moxley Are you okay with Moxley losing this title Or we're finally getting it off of him if Yes cares? I, I don't mind this because um, Okay it's IWGP title That's that's Moxley's losing So it doesn't really have all that much to do with AEW I do think I I, I like that it was an AEW guy winning it Right And Yes. That because it, at least it does something for somebody on their roster, right? If you know whoever from New Japan, Kenta, you know, were to have won, and we didn't see, we haven't seen Kenta again, you know, recently, like since he popped up at those those few times. So it wouldn't have done as much. At least it does something for Archer. Getting a win over Oxley for Archer, I think, is good. The the IWGP stuff, you know, with that title being on uh, on AEW, it's cool. I don't mind seeing that that like those things once or twice here and there. I don't need to see it all that often. Um, with that and the NWA title and the FTR title and all these other titles, like focus on your company's titles or and your your company stuff. Um, I, and both guys worked really hard. It's that I get the they were using a fork, like a yeah. bloody like a fork to stab one guy in the head, and the other guy's using it. And like the blood from that, fo- there was blood from both guys on the fork. Like, I don't know. I maybe I am a you know what people will call me sometimes. You're a softy liberal, Gino. Because, uh, but I mean, I don't know. In this day and age, that kind of grosses me out a little bit. Like with all with everything that we're seeing and the way diseases are spread. Like a knife cutting one guy on the head and then another guy. And I'm not saying that both of these guys aren't. I'm very. Tested and clean and medically fine But Moxley's done this a lot of places Through his <laughs> life He's bled a lot of places and been jabbed by a lot of things And then he, he brings out the barbed wire Tables and he gets stuck in them It's like I Again they're doing this for us As entertainment but it's sometimes like McFoley where it was like you don't need to do that I think that's a little bit too much Like maybe you can do a little less Is more because It, it gets people talking but th- If that's for you I will not talk you off. Like if you like those hardcore deathmatch stuff, there's a there's a total genre for it. Uh, but with Gage coming in here and the way that this ended, um, even with the 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 you know the barbed uh, the barbed wire deathmatch exploding one that didn't work. Like I wasn't I wasn't excited about that leading into it really because I don't I just don't get into these kind of matches all that much. Um, when you get the too many of the weapons, I'm fine with it. Like I said, chairs, the tables, the ladders, you know, that stuff, fine. Tables break, great. You can use those things, but I don't know. I get, 
too much blood nowadays gets me a little bit a little bit squeam. Uh, some blood in a really big feud, I'm I I like. I think it emphasizes like these guys or gals have been br- battling for a while, and you know the Brit blood was a little too much. But like in in, in to end in a, a really long um grudge feud with a grudge match, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's just a little much for me, especially like on on TNT and TBS. You know, I I'm surprised that they're um they're down with the all, all the blood and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I had no problem with it. I mean, I I, I don't think Moxley losing in that type of match really does anything for him. I'm not big on all these other titles being uh being you know in different promotions i really don't think it does anything to the average fan i don't think they care now the hardcore guys the new japan he's ring of honor some of these wrestling fans know the histories of these titles and then you know they're like rain man man they can name everything about it and i i think they appreciate it but for me it really does nothing in that match next week with him any you know bullet club means absolutely nothing to me now it means zero. And you have a member of the Bullet Club, you know, sitting at ringside. I don't think people care about Bullet Club anymore. Not not since the Bucks and everybody left to, to become the elite. That, you know, I don't know if that match is really going to do anything for me. I guess it's one of those things where a New Japan guy has, you know, that they're going to come over and work it. And, heck, he's bigger than Archer. So that, you know, just stylistically, I don't know what all we're going to get from that match. I don't know where it'll be, but, you know... The elimination tag has to be your main event. Uh, if not, I, you yes, know, whatever that thing, it, that's got to. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, gonna, it's going long. It's going long. That's got to be, and um, I feel, um, yeah, like I, I, I worry sometimes about the the two companies as we transition over from uh, AW to WWE, and, and we'll talk a little bit about Money in the Bank from last week. Um, I feel like sometimes AEW tries. Too hard to cater to the wrestling fan, like the internet wrestling fan, the, who who Tony Khan is, the people that read the Observer, heck, the people that listen to our show, you and I, <laughs> you know, or like a lot of the a lot of those people. But on the opposite side, WWE doesn't try enough. WWE wants the mainstream fan so much, um, whereas AEW, you know, like you said, I think they get excited about. Bringing in uh, someone from New Japan or IWGP person or someone that you know, like like a Nick Gage, and that'll get you a lot of buzz with the internet uh, wrestling fan, or or probably with a lot of the people that are already watching your product, and that'll probably appease them. Or if you're trying to grow, is I don't know, I don't know what that's going to you know expand your viewership here. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We had a lot to talk about with AEW this week with all their news and all their buzz, but WWE got back to pay-per-views with fans in the stands and we had money in the bank on Sunday to kick things off. The Usos won the tag team championship on the kickoff show and we had a really fun uh a fun show uh, for for most of this show, Chad, there was what, like a fifteen minute sp- a stretch in the middle where the Peacock Network, just <laughs> everybody in the U.S. just could not watch. I mean, 
it was just a complete lag. It was like buffering. It, you'd get like three seconds and then it would buffer. And then you'd get a few seconds and then it was like you couldn't even really get the full picture. But it was funny the way that it was timed out. And I think they were really trying to milk the entrances and stuff. It was basically right after one match and right up to the start of the men's money in the bank ladder match. Yeah. And what's look, <laughs> it, it's frustrating. It is. And the first thing you do is you go to Twitter and you show your displeasure, you know, or Facebook, you know, or Instagram, what, what, whatever is your poison or all three, you know, everyone likes to be on everything. Um, common sense just tells you when I have a computer problem or somebody says, Hey, my printer's not working. Well, the first thing you do is just log turn it, it off. Turn, turn it off, turn it off, log in, log out. I didn't even think, I, I just, it, it, it didn't affect me as much. Uh, I think I got the second half of it uh, more than, you know, I know some people miss like half the match, but I turned it off, turned it back on, and, you know, it seemed like it was ultra high definition. I know, after. I was going to say, <laughs> I, 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 it was like, oh no, once you, once it came back, it was like, they, they, Somebody paid to make the server go faster or whatever. Yeah, it's like, it was, wait a minute. This is was, like, I'm really, I've got a 4K TV, which I don't. Um, and it's like, I'm actually in the arena. Okay, so who turned on the Ultra Booster and is going to turn it back off? So when we go back to this, I want to watch it. It was frustrating. It was really frustrating. And that's yep. what, you know, who knows what happens? You know, I, I, a lot of people are watching this, and, you know. Do these other platforms have these problems? You never really hear about Netflix. You know, Facebook goes down occasionally, Instagram, Twitter. It sucked because it was right in the beginning of this match, you know, that uh, everybody was so up to see and on a big show and the big one with fans. But it it could have been disastrous. It seemed like it got fixed. Like everybody that did the log in, log out kind of thing, I think got it resolved within the end of that match or within close to the like, so I don't, uh, but it was like, uh Oh, if, if we had that feeling for a few minutes, like, uh Oh, this yeah, might not be like, good. Oh crap. I, and I tell you, man, that pay-per-view was, was pretty darn good. Really um, good. I, I mean, that from the kickoff, as we mentioned, we got new champs, uh, the women's money in the bank. I thought maybe it goes a little longer um, there was some good spots. Hey, look, I'm okay with Nikki winning. You know, uh, we all wanted her, or maybe Liv. I was kind of disappointed in what they kind of did with that last spot with Tamina. That that really absolutely did nothing. It kind of felt like they didn't know what to do with that spot. Yeah, so I her agree. in it added nothing into People it. People wanted that to be like Becky or Sasha. Becky, or, or Sasha. So, you know, yeah. One of them. And it Any really did them. nothing. But look, there were some cool spots in the way she won it. Um, it, it. It was good for her. You know, the tag match, AJ and Omos and the Viking Raiders. Yeah. I mean, was, what are we I doing just, here? Then we then, Now we've got a rematch here next week. Again, this is what WWE, Raw, especially Raw. Raw, look, SmackDown does it too, but Raw is really bad about this. And it's like, if we're not going to look... <laughs> Giving the Viking Raiders the titles now, next week, let's say they win it. I, I would prefer the AJ and just Omos just keep them now because now it's really not that special to me. And now Vikings. you felt like you, at least when the Viking Raiders had just come back, it was like, okay, they, they're they just coming back. Um, this team can actually go in the ring a little bit too. Yep. And you know what? Yep. 
they've done the funny, goofy stuff that you wanted them to do, Vince. They sort of passed your test, you know, that they can do those kind of things if you need them to. Um, and and now I agree with you. Like I don't just have them win it, have them win it, and then you get the split. But I don't know what they're doing. Um, Omos, we've seen, them, we've seen them so many times already in a six man tag against AJ and Omos. We saw Monday night. We've seen them a couple of week weeks ago. Then they had singles matches with AJ and Omos. So, you know, Omos is just, it's not, he's, he's green. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, AJ is over. I mean, that live crowd, I mean, Viking Raiders had no choice. They, they were in trouble. AJ got a massive pop that night and they, they were for him. And uh, just kind of, if you're not going to change titles on a pay-per-view, I, I think in Raw next week and whenever the rematch is, I, it's, it's the buzz, the buzz is gone. Um. Lashley just absolutely destroyed poor Kofi here. <laughs> um, and Kofi was just the sacrificial lamb again. And uh, we'll get to what happened on Monday Night Raw in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I I like that they want to keep Lashley strong. It's just a bummer because there were some interesting things that they were doing with Kofi with MVP. Um, I thought there might have been a little bit more there, but... They wanted to try to squash him to keep him strong for who is going to be next. Who's next for him, which uh, is going to be Goldberg. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's going to be. We'll, talk, we'll get there in a second. But what you thought? What you think about Lashley's uh, squash of a Kofi? Oh, well, I, I thought it would be shorter. Um, they went I agree, actually. Almost- I, I thought it was going to be a little shorter than it was. It was basically like a five minute just Kofi didn't do anything. And he just no. slowly beat him around. Yeah, I had no had no chance. And uh I, I I think it probably should have been shorter. I, I know you don't want to do it. Look, if the guy's going to get drug around the ring and just his brains beat in, I think that match almost went eight minutes. What's the difference for him getting embarrassed for eight minutes than he does with 30 seconds? It really didn't matter to Daniel Bryan when he got embarrassed at WrestleMania with Sheamus, right? When he lost the title in, what, less than a minute? I mean, his career turned out okay. I just I didn't get the point of why it went so long. Uh, but I thought it was the right result. Um, if you're going to make Lashley look like a badass, that's a good way to do it. But the problem is, is now that Goldberg is your guy for WrestleMania, you're not going to get much out of that match. No. So that buildup no. is is, is going to be uh, pretty weak here. But, you know, the right guy won, uh, the right result. We got a squash. Uh, just a little surprising with a little over seven minutes. So we get, uh, I, I got to say, for as, as crappy as the story that they've built and as bad as a, a job that they've done recently with Rhea and with the uh, with Charlotte in this it did seem like the fans got a little behind Rhea in the on yeah. Sunday and then on Monday even um I thought in both of those uh, matches and these two ha- have incredible chemistry this match was excellent and yeah that was a fight man it was, that was a fight the monday match was uh was was good too, and then it ended, and obviously we'll talk about how it ended in a minute with with Raw. But these two, for whatever reason, Asuka and Rhea didn't have the chemistry. These two do, and even though the storylines have been whatever, when they get in the ring and go, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty funny. Uh, the crowd tried to hijack it. You know, they the crowd really basically at the beginning of this match was they were full blown. We're taking. Over Becky. this match, Becky flying like this all Becky Lynch, right? And Charlotte, when Charlotte sh- shot them the finger, uh, sir, they got res- they bowed down to the queen, they, they loved they it, they got into it, 
They loved it. Yeah, they uh, they, they in horse racing, they didn't spit the bit, man. They no. dug in, they yes. dug in, and uh, and they finished that match with pride. And it was just a fight. That, that was not a wrestling match. Those those two ladies, uh, bravo, because that was definitely uh, you know, one of their better showings uh, in a while, and it makes up uh, you know, despite Rhea losing it, uh, it made up for. You know, a lot of this nonsense that we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks. And now we know why they had the rematch on Monday. I was like, no, why are we doing this again? Yeah. And Charlotte won. I'm like, ah, she's Roman Reigns 2010 all over again. But now we know why. But kudos, bravo, kudos. Th- those two ladies uh, were excellent at Money in the Bank. And uh, one thing that was funny is Charlotte wins. And they, uh, they don't mention uh, on Raw when she talks about it. Um, NXT is one of her title reigns anymore. Right. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because yeah, yeah. we're going to get into this raw stuff in a little bit. They uh, buried NXT, man. Yeah, NXT is just getting buried. I don't know why, but we'll get into that in a second. It's sad. But yeah, it's that, sad. It, that's sad. The men's match was just yeah crazy. Uh, so is as good as you would imagine with Riddle, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, Ricochet, Drew, Morrison, Big E and Seth Rollins. I mean, to me Ricochet was the one that that stood out because of a few of the things like walking the ropes um and leaping. He is so phenomenal and it's such a bummer that it it feels like this might have been like a little bit of a build to him for this match and that's it, you know, and then back and then um but I I just I watched this match back a couple different times. It was great, and then what you do, you give a really good result that the fans want. This is probably one of the, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, this is probably the the guy that you would select that could would probably be the most universally well-received. I think by people that are fans of the company, inside the company, outside the company, like, who doesn't like Big E? People at least <laughs> feel like Big E. Is is legit in the ring He can go on the mic He can do a little bit of everything He's just someone they haven't get like gotten behind And gave him the full push before This was And if you think about it Like yeah They pick Ricochet Or they pick Riddle or something There are people that don't love Ricochet Or that don't love Riddle And maybe some people that think Big E's a little bit goofy But I, This is as good of a choice And I think as well received So now you're going to get a lot of fans That are actually excited For uh, Big E with the briefcase And when is he going to cash it in I thought this was very smart um, You know when someone is really liked In the wrestling world When their peers from Not only that locker room Are, are breaking and just saying Man if anybody deserved it This guy and we saw the same With you know, with, with, with Nikki Yeah uh, Big E is just so well liked man Every platform, every organization. I saw some Ring of Honor. I saw some Impact people. I saw some AEW folks. You know, this guy deserves it. You know, um, Kofi had his run. Now, does Big E stick around on SmackDown and, and chase Roman Reigns? If Roman's going to be the champion until WrestleMania, you know, do we see Big E and Bobby Lashley? And you let you let Big E kind of take over on Raw a little bit, see how that goes. I, I'm kind of more inclined that it comes to the red brand, even though I think so too. SmackDown, but you know, with that briefcase, you can kind of choose, and I, I think that's where we end up seeing him. I think I think I so. Do. You've ar- you've already got the New Day that's already over there, right? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Or are they on SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Kofi and uh, Kofi, yeah. Kofi and Xavier are already over there. 
just just makes all the sense in the world for him to go over on Raw after WrestleMania. I mean, you don't after. have to say you know you don't have to start a program. So that that's the good thing. You can kind of tease it, but it just doesn't seem natural that he's going to chase Roman Reigns with this briefcase. No, he seems and, like a, a Raw champion to me. And maybe Big E is one of the types that says something like to Lashley, like, uh, "Hey, I'm going to cash this in at WrestleMania against you." Right? Maybe he maybe he does the babyface thing. Sure. And say, I'm I'm, with I, that. you know, I want that to be my match, you know, and I'm going to, you know, what you did to Kofi and then Xavier's got the stuff with him too. Xavier rolled him up like he's got a little stuff with the New Day, yeah. you I know, like and, yeah. and the MVP New Day stuff with Kofi was good. Like there's there's things there they can play on. Now, I would love he's turning Kofi, you Absolutely. know, which you would never do. There, no, you but know, you, you could tease it, for it. Sure. but it would be fun. It would be fun to tease it for a couple of weeks And then eventually at one point Sometime we gotta get That New Day triple threat match For the ta- for the championship That'll be great and it, it, yeah, yeah. It's not something you, <laughs> you put at the main event of Wrestlemania But that's definitely something That you could have as like your main event Of like an in-between pay-per-view Absolutely on the network A network show like people would get behind That would be fun people would get excited sure. To see those three guys get a chance to go 20 minutes against each other and really go all out, you know, it would, and I'm sure they would love it. And, and one of the, yeah. And one of these pay-per-views, uh, you know, no limit fast lane, one of these, right? I don't even know if they're still around. Yeah. Uh, I would think that would be perfect. That That'd would be, be perfect. Great. So I, I just, as soon as he won it, I immediate, immediately thought Lashley would be the perfect program. Me too. I could see the pay-per-view name. Like remember the, in your houses, they used to name a cool oh, yeah. day in hell. This would be <laughs> a new day in hell. That's it. There you go. <laughs> there Sign you, you up. There we go. <laughs> um, and the the main event, Edge Roman. Roman is just so great with this uh, this heel shtick. I, I can understand if people may have been a little bit frustrated that we got Rollins a couple times here, and there were a few maybe too many uh, run ins with the Usos, and then the Mysterios, you know, come down, but this match was very good. These two guys worked really, really hard. It. Does set you up moving forward with Edge and Rollins, which should be a very, very fun program moving forward. And that should be a good SummerSlam, um, sort of like semi, probably the third or fourth match from the top, like semi type main event. And uh, and then following the match, we get John <laughs> Cena. And, um, if you thought that Edge got a pop on Friday when the fans were back on SmackDown, holy smokes, this crowd just went nuts for Cena here after the match. Crazy. We we you know we mentioned it earlier during AEW how the landscape has changed, and uh, you know the guy is a winner. I, I mean, there were times where I'm just like seen I so seen it out. During his heyday WWE But somewhat I, I, I mean this is an old line that's been used Millions of times but I didn't use it Here so I'm taking it from what I saw On Twitter as a footnote here I can't remember who tweeted it but You don't know what you got until It's gone and yep. I, You can call him forever you want to It's the same with The Rock When these guys come back It is uh, They're just over the top uh-huh. The grass isn't always greener Right? No, 
Yeah, it's it's not, not you, you think it is sometimes Or you think oh when Cena's gone it's gonna be better But you know what and th- then what's happened He's gone and and since he's left It's sort of like You break up with someone and then they go And all of a sudden they like Are with like someone who You you might think is even a little Better than you you know maybe they're yeah. even That's what Cena's been like he's been a, a star he's in all of these movies, commercials, everywhere you flip on, it's it's the voice of Cena. It's a commercial. Yeah. He's got the Suicide Squad coming up. He's filming a new show where his character, they're going to do movies with his Suicide Squad character that you can kind of see. Looks like he's going to steal the show in, in this upcoming one. He just did the Fast and the Furious. I mean, so that's the thing. It's like, it was sort of almost like how... Um, uh, Batista probably felt he went away too After they didn't want him and they kind of screwed him over And he was like oh look that's fine I'll just go and be in like Marvel movies And in the MCU and like be this massive star And so now I think some of the fans Like would see Cena and kind of like It's that longing right You see him and you're like the tears Running down like you missed him You missed this guy he was your guy He was our you know what we could talk trash about Cena Before because he was our guy but now he's gone It's like oh wow and uh It this um, this show, the last hour of Money in the Bank, which is so funny because Monday felt very different from a, a, a lot of Monday. But the last hour from the Charlotte match with Rhea to the Money in the Bank match itself, and to um the way that the main event went, ended, Cena coming out, that is something that as wrestling companies like only WWE can do is like make an event. Feel that big I think AEW will consistently Try harder and but You know they're new they still Aren't going to be able to get to the highest of the Highs and that was one of those nights at The very end of that 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 kind of reminded Me still like oh yeah when they try And when they get behind Everything they can put on Like a 90 minutes Or so of wrestling that is about as Good as anything out there because you get the best Of the women's division you get this Money in the bank match with all of these different incredible athletes that would have been like the exact kind of quality wrestling that any hardcore wrestling fans want to look for in any other company. They actually let the guys do it in the money in the bank. It's one of the few times of the year where they kind of go, go for it, do what you guys want, you know? <laughs> and uh, that, that's what sucks because you know it's there and they can just they can turn on the gas anytime. It's like a horse that you know, you know, has should beat this field by 15. And then he either loses by a head or a neck, or he wins. And then the next time out, he wins for fun. It's just, it felt WrestleMania-ish it did. to me. It, it finally did. felt, look, you almost, I, I didn't add all the match time ups. I'm, I'm a match time stickler. I, I like to see how long the matches, how long they last. We almost got nearly two hours of just match time in this pay-per-view, which is, that's unheard of. Uh, in WWE, and you've got to give them credit. This pay-per-view was everything and them some. We knew it had to be big. Friday Night SmackDown was was massive. Uh, The return of Finn Balor. Finn Balor afterwards said that he he couldn't hear his entrance song. He said it was louder than any WrestleMania he'd been in. The folks on Sunday at Money in the Bank said it was just, it was chaos. It was chill bumps. It was like WrestleMania for the first time. So they can do it. And then you get over to Raw and you start off hot with John Cena. You got a great promo. And here comes Riddle. They had this little interaction. Bro, bro, that was great. That was like a 
like a not a passing of the torch moment, but it 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 was sort of like, like a, a, a sign off exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. You get the stamp of approval from from. And it just kind here. of went downhill from there, really, until yeah. the very end. Yeah, you know, it was. A, a real bummer. Uh, Riddle and the Viking Raiders win. That's fine. It's a six-man tag. But again, now now we're in a spot where, like we're saying, okay, now how long have we had Viking Raiders and kind of AJ and almost, and how many times have we seen these guys in the ring? Singles combined, six-man over the last month. Yeah, just not every, good. every single week, every single week, different combinations. And um, we're, we don't know where Randy Orton is. No, that that was a surprise, too. I, I thought this would thought be the back. Pops up. Uh, that was a little disappointing here because uh, I'm not saying he can't come back and it automatically turns on. It's just, you know, where this guy's been gone for a month now. You know, we thought, oh, he's taking time off. You know, they're about to start on the road and maybe this is planned, but I, it seems like I don't, as good as Riddle had, as good as he's been and as good as he was in that ladder match, Money in the Bank ladder match on Sunday night. I don't want Riddle to start getting goofy by himself and get lost again because then we're going to be back in. And all that buildup and that fun stuff with him and Orton would have been a waste. We, we need Orton back, and we need, need them two to get together. Um, maybe they're waiting for this this Viking Raider. If they don't win the title, you, you've got you've got to go with Orton and Riddle. Then I just it's time it's time for uh, the Viper to come back. It's it's long overdue. So we, this is another one. The symphony of destruction falls uh, count anywhere. Geez. Like these guys have just been Elias and Riker seems like forever. I mean, Riker gets the win here. Um, I just a Riker of all people to push. I, I look. I don't know the guy. I don't either. Okay? I I don't know him. You know, he had some. You know, he had a, some issues on Twitter with his. The way he he looks at politics, whether you li- like that or hate it, I, I just never thought. You know, I'm, I'm 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 with Charles Barkley here. These guys really aren't supposed to be role models, and I know people look at, look up to them. Just it's better to keep things quiet. You know, I, I don't but, I don't. It doesn't like and it doesn't bother me that it he did it. Yeah, it doesn't. Even if he didn't me. say anything, I don't care if he said I'm against vax, I, I'm pro vaccination. I don't care. It's still. I, why are we pushing Jackson Riker as a baby face? If it's horrible, they, I mean, if you want to push him, that's the thing that bothers me. If you like this guy, if you think that they, he's got something there, that's fine. And I don't even, I wouldn't even completely talk you off it because I think, I think he could be used. I just think his best use would be like as a valet guy, you know, like as like a, the the muscle to to yeah, to somebody. I but I I don't like the fact that they see a baby face in him when you just. Got Elias back on the crowd, like on the road with the fans, and like what he can do with the crowds. I just, this seems like they're just, um, yeah, not, not connecting, um, unfortunately here at all. Um, I mean, uh, hey, like Mansoor and, um, and, um, Ali look like they're, you know, gonna team up together as a tag team here. That, like, that's fine. You know, like you put two guys like this together, they don't have a lot going on. Like, I'm sure they'll put them together. These guys will probably win the tag team titles at a Saudi show, you know, losing yeah. back, losing yeah. back at yeah. Raw, you know, uh, afterwards. But um, I, I actually, they, Mansoor, some of the stuff that I've seen and read about him, he really, really cares, and he works really hard, and they're they're high on him too, um, and he, he's into it. And uh, and I've always been a fan of Ali. This isn't going to be something that's a main eventer, but 
hey, you got a couple guys that didn't have a lot going on. Maybe you can put them together, and maybe they can be at least like a. How many? We don't see. We don't have very many tag teams. I mean, no. If, there, if there's a tag team of a couple guys that can go, I don't mind putting people together and making them a tag team if they're going to get some time. And you you need some some teams to at least feed to the champs. Yeah, you need a tag team that can work. AJ and Omos has not worked. And so no. you got to look at guys that can work. And I'm all for it if they're used correctly. You know, I'm not going to watch the Friday or Thursday night when is that main event comes on Thursday night or maybe Friday night after SmackDown on, on the Peacock Network. I'm not sure. I'm not going to follow them over to that. But I, I'm a tag team guy. Look, my, my, I, I was, a, I love the Road Warriors. Um, I, the Hardy Boys, I was a tag team guy. And just to see here, not just WWE, just tag team wrestling has been, that that art, that it's been gone. It's been lost. AEW, just no one really, do, you know, yeah, you have the Young Bucks, but you don't really have a whole lot after that. And, you know, maybe the Usos brings that back on SmackDown. You know, we haven't seen, I thought, for the time they had on Friday nights, you know, Ziggler and Rude, I thought they were pretty good together. They were fine, yeah. Ray and Dominic were good. We really didn't see a whole lot of them together as tag team champs. But, you know, I, I can get behind it. If they're going to be used correctly and they're in the tag team mix, I can definitely get behind those two. Yeah, mid-card tag team, uh, that's fine. We got a number one contenders match for the women's tag. Natty and Tamina win. But uh, af- at the end of this match, it was it was sort of like an angle to set up the turn on Reginald as Nia uh, pushes Reggie to the mat and she gives him a headbutt and she talks some trash. The fans actually booed this, and there, you know, as uh, as Nia and Shayna walk off, we got uh, Akira Tozawa, twenty four seven champ, running to the ring, and he was chased by all uh, Lucha House Party and all of the others. And Reggie pins Tozawa for the title after they, you, you know what? Um, you and I have always like talked about how uh, I actually like Reginald. And I do too. This is a this is a fine use for him. The guy is really entertaining. He's really funny. He flips around. He does, you know, uh, he he's incredibly acrobatic in the ring. They introduced him with Nia and Shayna. Now they can get him away from them, and they can kind of put him into his own stuff. I don't know if he's ever going to be. Uh, main event and mania and your WWE champ, but he, you, there, this guy has a use on the show. He, he can be used. He can become a singles guy that can be like a mid card guy. And this isn't a bad start for him. I'm sure he doesn't mind, you know, running around with the 24 seven title. No, if, if you're going to break him apart from those two, this is probably a good way to do it. And he, he, look, he's entertaining. I, I enjoy everything he's done. He's, He's beat a couple of women wrestlers. They beat a couple of him. I just thought that uh, I thought Shayna and Nia were going to be the ones that were going to turn on each other. Maybe that's where we're going here. Uh, Natalia and Tamina becoming number one contenders. I mean, wouldn't you get an automatic rematch anyway? You know, just kind of the thinking here. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, it, it's just. Raw has frustrated me more than what AEW has frustrated me, and I shouldn't be thinking that way. Now, no. they're, they're, they've got some parts that have been better. Um, I, I just, again, that this the, I, that has done absolutely nothing for me. Nothing. And, and that's fine the way you want to so move some titles around, the, the women's tag team titles. You want to do this, you want to do that. But 
we're going to have to do something with Shayna and Nia here. And no, Nia does not need to go to AEW, Gino, and work Nyla. Nia and Nyla. That's what I want. <laughs> My new dream match, Nyla and Nyla. I want that. That's what I want to see. Um, the uh, Opa, we got Sheamus beating Carrillo again. Like, let's just get to, to Priest, you know? Like yeah, that, that, yeah. that's something I think we're we're excited. Like again, this was an uh, we've seen Carrillo and Sheamus how many times now? Between uh, you know, it's just it's unfortunate because Carrillo has a, 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 looks good. He's in fantastic shape. Um, open challenge for the WWE title. Everybody was waiting as Lashley came out. Everyone was expecting Goldberg to come out, but they throw us off because Keith Lee comes out, who hasn't been around for a while. And everyone's very excited But this match was I mean it wasn't a complete squash But We can just They don't like Keith Lee I mean I don't, uh, that's a nice way of, Vince doesn't like Keith Lee And I've read and heard That maybe Keith Lee Was not always the best Behind uh, backstage Behind the scenes Maybe he'd get frustrated with the booking He was vocal about that He didn't really want to wait his turn in some spots But um. Yeah, this is bad. Like it you have, you have. This guy is fresh. He would have been a great choice to have someone against Lashley in any point for a feud. Remember, he was supposed to win the U.S. title when Riddle won it initially, but they ended up changing it, and Riddle ended up beating Lashley. Um, and and then he got the U.S. title and 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 ran with it for a little bit. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know why they did this. I don't know why you have Keith Lee here. I mean, there's so any how many other people you can bring back and have come out right here, and then you can save Keith Lee for anything else if you don't have something ready for him. Let him come back for two months and squash people. I, I yeah, this was this was is about a five minute. It wasn't a total squash because he had a couple of move sets. You know, they they gave him that, but. Uh, this was a Barry statement to me. Uh, he just looked like he got buried and you keep hearing there's rumblings that, you know, they're going back and forth with the Keith Lee, you know, like likeness, the trademark stuff here, you know, his, his, I don't know if they're married, but I know him and Mia Yim are together as a couple in real life. She has been completely written off, um, television. She was part of retribution that really went South quick. Uh, she's not around. It's uh, look. I understand you want to bring him up on the main roster, and I was completely okay with that. It's just again, there, there's a if there's if there's lawsuits or if there's problems and legalities, why are we bringing these people up and doing this? Why I, I just I think they're just WWE is okay with just letting people sit out their contract. Until it expires, and then they just let you go, and that's what I kind of felt like with him. I know, you know, I, you know with him, and this was just, it was poor. And then Goldberg comes out; everybody knew it. I just, it really didn't do anything to me. Me neither. It, that we really knew didn't it was, do anything. It didn't get me excited. No, and and people get excited to hear the music, and when Goldberg shows up uh, now and then, but we just know this guy's in his fifties. He's not. In the kind of shape anymore He was never a guy that was a, a great in-ring worker And I think um, it, The, the luster's worn off A, a little bit here um, Yeah I just I, I didn't love this and then uh, I actually did love Drew beating the crap Out of Veer and then with the uh, With the chairs um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was, it was fine You know what that guy I 
Veer is the guy that was the million dollar arm. I didn't even realize that. You no, know, I, I don't know the movie, the Disney movie, Million Dollar Arm, that was was about uh, a baseball player like from India that was plucked and play, like he has some. He pitched in the minor leagues. He has like pro baseball stats if you look him up, and he actually had a couple seasons that weren't awful. Um, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, that's him. I was looking him all up. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Um, anyways, so that's that's Veer. Veer recently. Had defeated Jeff Hardy on main event. Oh boy! And I, I love Jeff. Now. I love Jeff Hardy. I love Jeff Hardy. <laughs> we have said uh, for a while, Me like too, man. I don't know why they're using Jeff Hardy this way. So I'm never upset that Jeff Hardy gets a win over anybody. This made absolutely no sense. You debut your NXT champion Karrion Cross, who is undefeated, who has Scarlet not uh, with him. Who has this great presentation and great entrance You strip all of that from him But you keep the NXT title with him You have him lose in a roll up In a few minutes And then after he cuts a promo saying This is the worst thing you ever did Jeff Hardy You're going to regret doing this Why? He just beat you Uh, I don't know if you follow UFC But they are notorious With Joe Rogan After someone breaks a leg Gets thrown out of the cage, gets knocked out and sticking a microphone in their face for these awful interviews that just sound that sounds like a train wreck. Why on God's earth would you bring Karrion Cross up for one without Scarlett, have him lose to Jeff Hardy in less than two minutes, one minute and 42 seconds, Gino, to be exact. Okay. Less, less time than, than the Kentucky Derby. That you have <laughs> on a brand that's doing pretty damn well on Tuesday nights and is referred to as probably your best wrestling show of your three, Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT. And then interview the guy and then have what they do, you know, the following night on Tuesday night. Thank God he's not there. I read a report that they had to tape his segment two or three times. Because the Jeff Hardy chants were, were so bad. That destroys that destroys him and Samoa Joe, who are now going probably going to headline your NXT takeover the Sunday, the night, August 22nd, after SummerSlam. That is the most Vince McMahon thing I have seen in a very long time. And I don't know who Karrion Cross is pissed off. Or what they've done, or what Triple H is. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, I can't believe Triple H let them do that to his champion." Sometimes you don't have a choice, man. Yeah, and this is this is pathetic, man. This is I, I, it's look, sad. I, I'm sorry. It There's is beyond this, beyond low ball. For as critical as we are about anything AEW does, this like hour or so, or not even like 20 minutes of Keith Lee bringing him out. Not having something to do with him Having him be a guy you're just feeding Then thinking that you need to go to back to Goldberg again Okay, and here's the thing If you want to have Goldberg at SummerSlam And you want to have Goldberg in a match What did they do a few years ago? Goldberg was in a match against Ziggler, right? Right I actually think that's a good way to use Goldberg That's a good I thing too. I do too Or you want, like, I, I heard this I think I heard this on, um um, uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Torch, Wade Keller, uh, one of his podcasts the other day. Somebody had said you had Cedric doing the the angle with the veterans, right? Like you could have had him 
get a win over Hardy, and then Cedric calls out Goldberg. And then even if you want Goldberg to beat Cedric and squat, like at least you get a match for a guy, a young guy on the team. There's a lot of ways you can use Goldberg. I don't need him in the title match. No, I don't no, want him in the look, main. Like for everything good, I, I, I wasn't a big Goldberg guy, right? Me neither. I, WC, I wasn't. But for pops, I love a pop. And if I'm in the arena, he comes out. I'm gonna mark out. I'm Me just, too. I'm a fan. Oh, knock on the, knock on the door. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just the the you remember Goldberg's match in Abu Dhabi. I do believe, or Saudi Arabia, that with Undertaker, it was horrible. And it can't, and just can't get out of your head. This, no, and to keep bringing this guy back, he's the one guy we don't want to see come back. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's a couple of people out there that do, and maybe it's in his contract, you know, to have this or have that. I don't think he does anything at all for SummerSlam and Bobby Lashley. I would rather see... Big E say, 100%. this is my money in the bank. I would rather see Keith Lee come I, back. I, thought, and I say, thought that's where they were going. I honestly thought that when Keith Lee came out, it was going to be a sort, and we were going to go, oh, it's going to be Keith Lee. I thought that Keith Lee was going to like have a match with him and that and Bobby Lashley was going to sure. get pissed and like um, or walk off like a DQ, right? In the middle of the match. And then that would be the feud they build up to SummerSlam. And then I thought, okay, they're going to bring Goldberg back for something else. I was, I was, and I even thought for a second, I was like, uh, maybe it'll be like McIntyre again because McIntyre beat him and he'll call McIntyre out or something. But sure enough, Goldberg Lashley, which just, I mean, that cannot be more than like a three or four minute match where Lashley squashes Goldberg. But the problem is, is that Goldberg's lost his last three. <laughs> You're times. not saying. You're not telling. You're not going there, are you? Right. I. I. I they. They. They can't do it, right? <laughs> they could, but. I mean, but either. I. I just. This, like you said, this. I. I was so excited. Um. After Sunday night, we were in the chat. We were buzzing with a couple of our other buddies. We were like, "Oh my gosh, right. how great this was is this a raw show. after. This is a raw after Mania here, man. This is going to be. We're popping. like, oh, tomorrow's going to be great. Becky's coming back. All this and rises like, walk. oh my gosh, the money in the bank. That we got this, that. Cena's going to open it up, and then after Cena, the bulk of this show of a three-hour show was not important. And then there were two or three things that were so frustratingly bad. That felt like they were really slapping you in the face if you're a fan or if you're a fan of NXT. It was like Vince's way of proving a point like this is an NXT. Why wouldn't you have Eva Marie out in a live crowd and you put her on the uh, uh, Alexa's playground? She's going to get more heat than anyone. We've got the doll back. We spoke too soon. I said last week, that's my fault. I I did that. I'm the black cat. You did it. The doll is gone. The doll is back. Even Marie kind of trips. This made absolutely no sense. This was awful. And you I know, feel bad for Alexa Bliss. She is trying. I feel bad that oh, she looked phenomenal in the, in the ladder great. match. That gear, holy cow. Uh, and, and the crowd is hot. The crowd loves Alexa. They but do. you can tell when she starts doing the magic stuff, they don't love that as much. No. They, they, it, you can hear the crowd like go from loving her to being like, when she's doing the that gimmick. I, I don't like this whatsoever. Um, they they get lucky with the save because yeah. Yeah. they have a Money in the Bank cash in after the Raw Women's Title match in the main event it was Rhea versus Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte ends up leaving 
Um, Rhea wins by DQ after the match. Rhea chases her as Charlotte walked off, and uh, Rhea hits the Riptide. She takes her out, and then here comes Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash, <laughs> to cast in her Money in the Bank briefcase, and Nikki is your new Raw Women's Champ. She starts to celebrate, and this was a. I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of the celebration. Yeah. I, I wish we could have gotten a little more of the feel good moment from her. But you you said it, and you it, you uh, hit it earlier. Everybody on social media was so excited for her. They were so happy for her. She and she seems like this is a gimmick she's wanted. She's like this. She was really good in NXT. She's come up and she's been a very good soldier. They've they've um you know they've had plans for her. She's been with Alexa for a while and then she was nowhere and then they had like, nothing for her. And then they sort of changed her gimmick a couple times and she was always she always did a very good job with whatever she was given. And I'm very, I'm happy for her. This didn't bother me at all, especially because, I mean, we had just been talking about how bad the, the women's storylines had been. The Rhea and Charlotte matches were good. But it's not like, it's not like she, Nikki is coming in here and interrupting this incredible storytelling that's been going on, right? This is probably going to be more fun than whatever we just had. Yeah, you know, and Charlotte getting the belt back really does nothing. You know, unless you're going to bring Becky Lynch back and have her face Charlotte at SummerSlam, there's really nothing there for her. Um, Look, I remember uh, I I remember Nikki uh, during when I was really an Impact fan. I I remember they would do these these boot camps and they did this British boot camp. And I remember her doing this promo that somebody you know, tweeted again earlier this week about this promo just knocked everybody off and impacted in signer. Uh, she's made for it. I, I watched her the next morning on WWE The Bump, which I love that show. I, I watched it on YouTube. Uh, she, you know, she was in tears. I, I think she fits the part. I think she fits this kind of character that Vince McMahon likes. So hopefully. She keeps this title for a while. I just hope they don't do too much stupid stuff with her. I agree, because she, she can. Because the thing about her is, because she uh, can wrestle. That's the. That's what. I, that's why I'm okay with it. Because I don't think they have to completely lean on the gimmick. Because they can have some funny, kind of silly things with her. But then they can let her go for 15 minutes in the ring. Yeah. So that. So that's where I kind of, you know. You can have uh, fun and be goofy and silly as long as when you need to get down to business, you you can flip that switch. She can do that, and so I want to make sure that they let her show that. Yeah, she can go in the ring too, as a uh, a pretty bad Monday Night Raw, to be honest. From uh, you know, other than the Cena and and maybe the Nikki stuff at the end, uh, a lot of bad in the middle. And hopefully, hopefully this was like the the one in my head. I don't want to give them benefit of the doubt, but the only thing I will say is that was the first Raw back with fans. So maybe they wanted to kind of test out some of their raw storylines and things that they had going and do some of these matches maybe in front of fans once. If we keep getting the same thing over and over again, I'm going to be frustrated because yeah. it felt like we had a, some good buzz coming off of Money in the Bank. And that was that just wasn't a very great show, but at least it ended positively. Oh, so they, they yep. might have tried to swindle us again and pull the Houdini on us there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it ended well. Um, uh, let's let's you know we, we know SmackDown's going to be pretty good, and uh, Raw's not going to have too many chances here before we get back into NFL Monday Night Football, and uh, they they've got some build here, uh, but the majority of that good strong SummerSlam card is going to come from the Blue Brand, and the Raw has a lot of work to do, and they better get it going starting on uh, next Monday. Let's get to NXT. It is a bummer because you're coming off of this Monday night where you feel like NXT really gets buried, right? right. You, you do, and your your champ is going to be now in this big feud with Samoa Joe, and everyone's excited for Samoa Joe and hot for Samoa Joe, and he starts off the show and and he's intense and he tells Regal he's going to go after him and he's going to put Cross down and fans are chanting for Joe. It just like you just it felt like it lost a little something yeah. after seeing Cross on Monday. Man, I, I told a friend of mine the other night it just Cross has not really connected to me as no. the champ. And that's the thing. I don't I don't think he's the greatest guy in the world, but I, but you that's not how you present the guy that's your champ. Whether not or not you think that even about him, Vince, like you don't do that to somebody their first time up. Um it just what, does what, nothing. What is, the, what is his biggest? What is, what is carry? If you don't like carrying cross, what is the one thing you have to give him? Right, you got to give him credit for that entrance, the look, the, the that, that has been the buzz. And you know, you don't give him Matt. You don't give him Scarlet. He has nowhere to go. I, I look. He, there's if he beats Samoa Joe here, that's that's even more laughable. I, I don't know what's worse, Samoa Joe losing to him. Or him losing to Joe. I, I don't know what's going on here, but you just you just dumped on your champion. And man, it, it, it look, that's what we want to see Samoa Joe back. And this is who you're getting. We're getting uh, on 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 NXT Takeover, and you're getting the guy who just got who just jobbed to Jeff Hardy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I didn't I didn't think that this NXT was like knock it out of the park. I didn't think it was really bad. It was just there wasn't as much um, I thought newsworthy necessarily coming out of it. Like mm-hmm. uh, the tag match, for example, very good quality match, um, solid. I I I think we talked about this too. Diamond Mine, I haven't really connected with yet. Uh, Bobby Fish, I haven't ever really connected with all that much as a singles. I've been fine with him as more of a tag. Um, I like Kushida, but I don't I, I don't necessarily care a whole lot about all of these guys. Quite that much. No, no it, look in Diamond Mine, Michael Malcolm Bivens is this guy is fantastic on the mic. Hilarious. We don't get to hear from him, and then they lose. I the match was okay. I, I just thought it was the wrong winner. Uh, again, I thought it was a good NXT. Was it as solid as it's been? Absolutely not. We got to see Frankie Monet back. You know that was good. We get to you know NXT. The takeover was announced. Um, we had some good matches. Um, it, it just, it, it was, it was good. It wasn't NXT good. It was just good. Um, yeah, Frankie Monet, you mentioned we, uh, although the, the, the highlight to me always is, is <laughs> yeah. going to be the, the million dollar stuff. And I, uh, I've actually, I've always been a Drake fan myself. Uh-huh. I think, I think he's excellent. You talk about British boot camp. Uh, you remember yeah. him over there? Yeah. He, he is great. Um, he just makes you, uh, he makes you believe what he says. He, he's a very good baby face. He was a good heel. He's good on the mic and he's way better in the ring than I think people want to give him credit for. So this was funny. He, uh, Drake 
runs um sees Cameron Grimes in the parking lot and and <laughs> Grimes is trying to carry all of LA Knight's bags um and he's struggling so you know Drake says I'll help you and he and that obviously pisses Knight off because it's supposed to be Grimes doing everything so they set up uh, a match for uh, for later on the show um I actually I like when NXT does the parking lot segments uh, it's just old school man I love them it's, uh, it's just old school to me um I, and look, I often wondered how they were going to work with this Cameron Gimes deal. Him just causing chaos with with L.A. Knight is just fantastic. It, yeah. it is, you, you, you can't go wrong. Look, it was a good show, but this is one of the highlights. They had, a, you know, look, there were some good matches. We got to see Mandy land on the desk again. So I don't know if she's going to feud with Monet. She's going to join their group. I, hey, I thought Kyle O'Reilly and Austin Theory. I really thought, good match. Here's the problem: the lead into that, Kyle O'Reilly just can't build anything for me. I know it's great. It's it's great in ring, but he's not a same sort of thing. I don't really care that much about him. It's right. it's funny. It's it's a problem that I I had had with, and I I still will have with some of what. Um, the AEW will do or like AEW fans really love It's like oh yeah I'm, I'm fine with Like I can get 15-20 good 20 minute matches anywhere I gotta care a little bit about the, the, the people The characters you gotta give me a little bit of a build And then the good work That That's what I personally want Like great work You know that's just that's not gonna solely Do it for me you know I, I'm actually someone who if I had to pick between Just a great match and really great Character work and great build I'd pick the great character work and build, oh, you know, and and maybe a little less in the ring because you can kind of get by with that. Um, and and that's the that yeah that they got to make sure that here on NXT that they continue to build up some stars, let us know who some of these people are because I don't know who Kyle O'Reilly really is. It feels like they keep trying. Um, the hit row stuff uh, I thought was uh was good. We saw them uh in in just a little bit. Um. And then actually before we got that there was that sit down interview with Bronson Reed uh, He kind of just talked about what's going to happen next week I wouldn't be shocked if this guy comes up to the main roster soon He just he's sort good. of He's good He um he, He's genuine you know I thought he he just kind of connected a little bit With what he said here And so I'd like to see Yeah I'd like to see him be a big piece of NXT Or or come up and be be someone He could be He's definitely got something there uh, and I, he makes you want to see a match with him and Adam Cole. I mean, next week is, yep. is a pretty solid lineup. Um, we didn't get to see much of Adam Cole, but Bronson Reed, he carries himself well. Um, he's got a, the, the guy's already good. He really doesn't need a belt. He, you know, his, his North American title was short lived, uh, North American championship, but uh, I'm looking forward to him and Adam Cole next week. The uh, we had the mariachi, mariachi madness, madness musical. musical. This was pretty funny with Legado del Fantasma, Santos, Raul, and Joaquin. Uh, he wanted to give a sample of the musical heritage, uh, and then he told them to leave because he's not going to lower himself to entertain everybody. Uh, he doesn't want to do the hit row thing. Um, and then hit row comes out. Um, they were talking from the stage, and I mean, they were again just. Great like coming off as stars I think they're they're really trying to slot them now As baby faces here And then we got a pier 6 Brawl where everyone's going At it and it should lead to And set up uh you know some some Amalgamations of these uh, Of these 
few in uh, in tag matches and singles matches as Hit Row poses afterwards. And yeah, there were a few things on the show that don't I, I haven't connected with. I like what uh, Reed. I hope he is someone they get behind. And Hit Row is obviously a big thumbs up for me. Yeah, and it's good that they they these guys kind of slowly overnight. Slowly overnight. That's like saying I'm watching a short, long movie. Right. Um, <laughs> or I'm eating jumbo shrimp. How about that? Jumbo shrimp uh, is on the menu. Uh, they needed to be face because I think the fans wanted them to be, you know, face, even though they're kind of badasses here. And like you said, we can do six man, we can do a tag, we can do singles, and it can lead up, you know, to the title match uh, in NXT Takeover, and that's probably what we're going to get. But I'm I'm all in on on this uh, on this storyline. Uh, the, yeah, you checked in with the way as uh, they just sort of let us know what's going on with them. They're having fun. Um, uh, they're they're not having fun. We're having fun watching them. But uh, theory, uh, just kind of, it, it was just a little check in. They didn't really tell us a whole lot. Um, but they they're they're sort of falling apart, and maybe um maybe we get some sort of a, a face turn or something because they kind of were in in that spot with, yeah. with Gargano. I I'm kind of curious to see where they're gonna go here. Um, Samoa Joe is still waiting for Kerry and Cross. As Regal asks him to keep it peaceful um, We got the breakout tournament Another first round match This time it was Andre Chase versus Odyssey Jones What'd you think of these two? I thought Odyssey has the look This dude is, is pretty big You know, WWE likes their big guys And he probably looks like a guy That's probably going to stick around for a while Big dude, he can go Let's keep an eye on Odyssey Jones um, it looks like MSK setting up their next contenders with uh, Marcel uh, Barthel and Fabian Eichner, which should be fine. Um, and I don't think it'll be anything. Yeah. Work will be good, but these two guys don't do it a whole lot for me. I love MSK, but Barth- Barthel and Eichner are just, they're sort of in that, what we were saying with uh, with the Diamond Mine, with Kyle O'Reilly, with guys that can, in the ring, and they're not going to be bad workers whatsoever, but... I haven't really connected with them that all that much. That's sort of what felt to me. There were a few of like the acts that uh, I really like on NXT that we didn't get a whole lot of this week. Yeah. And we've talked about the tag team division lacking. There are some talented guys in NXT. The, the tag team division down there kind of feels like top heavy. You have a couple of teams that can really go. And then after that, you're going to have to start pairing some people together. Um, but it doesn't do a whole lot for me. There's some other guys on this, uh, you know, the the Pete Dunn, Oni Larkin. I think they have potential, just as uh, Tommaso and, and Thatcher did. And I think they're that match. They're they're having a tag match next week. So it's interesting that these guys are are, are having a tag match. But MSK, you know, that's what sometimes WWE does. You know, you have a champion and. They're around and they're great. And then, you know, it's it's just NXT. It's so hard to keep guys off TV because they're so damn good. And that's just an example of it. And, uh, you know, we've already seen Tommaso and Thatcher against MSKs. So uh, we maybe can't we'll go get, that way. Yeah, maybe it'll be Dunn and Lorcan that get the win there. But I, don't, I Dunn is someone who I'd like to see get used more. I really would. I'm, yeah. I, I'm high yeah. on him. Um, I, I just – I would like to see them maybe find a way to – to get him to connect a little bit more because he, I think people care when he wrestles uh, too, and he he connects I think more with the fans more than some of the guys that we were just saying like the O'Reillys right. and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Big time. So 
Let's see if we can get a way to use him over there at NXT as we got into uh, LA Knight Drake. This was I thought this was pretty fun. Drake gets the win because uh Grimes, you know, distracted LA Knight and so after the match Grimes is all happy for Drake and Drake celebrating but Knight's all really upset and and Grimes tries to tell him, "Go, you need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. Go, go." And he turns around and then Knight just lays out Drake and then Light, Knight forces Grimes to punch him in the face. Punchy. As part of his butler duty And then Grimes was selling it Like it was really upsetting him I, I enjoy all of this Yes it's campy it's a little silly but This is good wrestling Comedy and good wrestling segments Like this is fun This is what makes wrestling uh, stand out And when you have talented guys Both in and out of the ring Especially out of the ring And you can do stuff like this But these the this work that Grimes and Knight have been able to do has just been A plus. And and to see Grimes, you know, have to just fight over what should I do? What I, you know, you could keep he could turn heel with LA Knight later, you know, and, and, and be the bad guy with him and, and Knight turns him, you know, he could be the the big time baby face in there. This is uh the way this is going here, this is A plus, man. This is good stuff. The NXT Women's championship match, Zaya Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez. It was a little weird that they put Zaya in this spot. Yeah. And I've I've liked the like the way that she's been presented and, and the character that they've tried to, to go with with her. It's unfortunate because now it seems like a couple times that she's been in big spots, there have been some injury issues, kind of like a, a missed spot here. There was another kind of scary one in this one, and then they end up having, you know, Raquel gets the win here, but um, I, I do feel a little bad. There have been a couple of matches that she's had that probably haven't gone the way that she would have liked. So, I'm, you know, where where do you think uh, we're going next with Raquel here? Do we get the the Dakota Kai turning on her yet, or to them turning on each other? Or um, she's another one who I felt she won. She felt like a really big deal and like a really big part of the show for a while, and now she's kind of been a little bit, yeah, little that- bit out of sight, out of mind. Gino, the hardest part is once you get it is is to run with it. Yeah, it kind of hurt her to be in that tag team mix for a couple of weeks. Uh, I did. I understood why they did it, but it it didn't help her. And Mm -hmm. this this match felt rushed. The promotion uh, for it, and you know, Raquel landed. You know, I think Zaylee is good. All the reports that everything is good, but that was a nasty landing on the ribs. you know, I think you probably have to turn. Uh, you, you're going to have to turn her uh, sooner rather than later because I'm afraid is you're going to start getting the Monets, the Mandys of the world. Uh, you're going to start getting them. Uh, they're going to be more popular, so to speak, and they're going to get more attention. And your champion's going to be left to, left behind. And that's one thing you don't want to do. So I would think a turn would come sooner rather than later and maybe set that up for a takeover. And uh, we got Samoa Joe coming down the ramp and he calls out NXT champ Karrion Cross. And then Cross appears and he says, This isn't the same place that he uh, left. He says, This is the <laughs> new beginning. Um, and uh, he says, He can go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants, hurt anybody he wants. And then we see him standing over William Regal, GM, <laughs> and uh, Joe runs out and runs to the back and uh, and 
um, one Regal's laid out. Um, Cross gets in his car and drives away. Joe's runs up and, and screams at him, but Joe can't get there before uh, Cross speeds off, and uh, we get some lightning as uh, he strike <laughs> as he drives off, and uh, Joe's there to to try to help Mister Regal, who's down on the ground. Like, like this would have been really I, w- I and and maybe I feel a little worse about NXT this this week too because of what, how I felt after coming off of Monday. I just. Yeah. It would have like this would have felt so much better had we just not seen Karrion Cross on Monday night. Uh, it, 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 I don't. Again, why would you even bring him up to even squash sense. Jeff Hardy? It just Maybe. that made abs. Even if he would have squashed Jeff Hardy with Scarlet and with a fantastic, you're like, okay, he's probably getting a main roster tryout. Now, you, you probably shouldn't have done it on TV. Should have been a pre-show match with with the crowd. It was just it made no sense. Uh, the match with Joe, I don't care how much build they have. It, it's not going to do anything for me. And the Joe win over that, you know, I, over Cross, it, it's, it, it's bad because I think carrying Cross, the damage is done and it's going to be hard for him to uh, to rebound from this. I'm worried because he's not the type of guy who um, that if you if you sort of screw up a, 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 like a character or a gimmick with a really good wrestler, like that wrestler can can get themselves over in the ring eventually, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe you screw Cesaro up, but some points, like, he's going to get over with the fans because he's just so damn good in the yeah. ring. You know, yeah. Daniel Bryan was the same way, right? Like, you didn't try to push him, but he, the people loved him because he was so damn good in the ring that he, like, busted out. That's not who Cross is. He So if you don't set him up well and you don't present him like a big deal from the very beginning... He's not going to come out there and wow you with his work. And it's going to be hard for him to to save himself. Now, again, these are fluid stories, but I don't know, short of him coming out next week and like beating Lashley, like I, there's very few things that would make me feel different about what they just <laughs> did for Cross. And I'm not like a Cross fan. I'm not saying I wanted him to be the face of WWE, but you just built this guy. You haven't had him lose at all. You fed some of your best NXT talent in history to him to create this monster. And the first time that twice as many people see him as they do on Tuesday, you made him come off was a complete joke. Yeah, he, he, he was uh, he, he, he was a loser. The promo did nothing for him after that. I'm a new me or whatever. This is never going to happen again. That means he's got to be on Raw again next week, right? Or he shows – it wouldn't make sense for him to come back on SmackDown. WWE thinking he's going to have a rematch with Jeff Hardy on Monday night. I don't know. Um, this definitely left a sour taste in my mouth, and you kind of got a hangover effect a little bit with NXT on Tuesday. I agree. I agree. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see where things go with just – between uh, Monday to Tuesday and, and some of the head-scratching things with the way NXT was treated and some of those bookings, it it left a sour taste in my mouth. But uh, SmackDown, we will have Cena showing back up. Talked about a couple of things that are set up. We know Finn Balor is there to, uh, to bring some new life and to bring some new blood into the mix. And uh, so I'm expecting a very good Friday night SmackDown. We had a lengthy edition of this week in wrestling <laughs> with Chad Cooper. Thank you so much for hanging out with me, uh, Koopa Loop. We just we had so much news to talk about, and it was, I mean, it was the first week the fans were really back for all the companies. So, um, as much as 
Like we we now now there's no more excuses. No, for no one. For no, for nobody, for WWE, for AEW, uh, NXT was still in Capital Wrestling Center, so maybe we give them a little more benefit of the doubt. But anyone that's back now, capacity with fans, no more. Oh, we're waiting for this. No more. Oh, we're gonna do that. No. Hey, we want good, entertaining shows. These people that are paying for shows, they're paying a lot of money to go. They want good, entertaining shows when they're in person. So you know what? We're, we were maybe a little hard on everybody this week, but we want awesome. Moving forward because we gave everybody Benefit of the doubt during the pandemic Now let's rock and roll and let's uh, Let's have a, a kick-ass summer in WWE, AEW, NXT Raw, SmackDown, all of it, right? Yeah, and, and we saw what happens When it's taken from us And, and now that it's 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 pretty much Back and, and, and Most of the way It can be back, you know we, we saw, you know, for what Impact did on Saturday night with Slammiversary, the few good things, they ended with Kenny Omega, still their champion over there. That's nonsense. Uh, I think they're having like a mixed tag team tournament over there now. Uh, There's a few names that signed some contracts. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of organizations got to step up and uh, Hey, from here on out, it's uh, all systems go. Um, There's no excuses. And uh, you know, AEW gets a third hour here in a couple of weeks. Um, it, it's it's interesting, you know, for, for as good, you know, Friday night SmackDown, money in the bank, and then Raw just it does it to us again. But you it know, twisted, right? You it know, turned the, ratings, the, the ratings were the best ratings in, in like four or five months for it's Raw. January, I think. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, you know, we're still going to tune in. Let's just uh, come on, Vince. Come on, Vinny Mac. Come on, Vinny Mac. Come on, Vinny Mac. And every single week, you're going to get all of the information, all the big recaps here on this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Make sure to follow Chad at the Chad Cooper on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, Instagram. You'll follow along with everything that Chad has going on. Uh, Koopa Loop, my man. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, have a great weekend, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Talk soon, Gino. That is Chad Cooper. Another edition of This Week in Wrestling. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more on That's What She Said. Whew. Buzzworthy week in wrestling. The fans are back. AEW, uh, perhaps with uh, some big names joining the uh, the fray for them. A new show on the horizon. Lots happening in the world of wrestling. Thank you to Chad Cooper for helping us out each and every week. Make sure to give him a follow there. And uh, good luck. All weekend long with your Friday and your Saturday racing. We will get you that Black Widow full recap, review, deep dive with Tim Kelly coming out in just the next few days. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Remember Olympic opening ceremony Friday morning. So Olympics start soon and fingers crossed, knock on wood. I didn't really talk a whole lot about the Olympics and I'll kind of wait and take a little bit of a wait and see approach. We're seeing, um, you know, things spike. It's not going great over in Tokyo so I don't know if this is you know if sort of similar to what I was doing at the beginning of the year when a lot of these sports were getting cancelled at college football and some of the college sports it's just I I take a wait and see approach to see I don't want to put a whole lot of time and effort into preparing for something thinking about making making a wager or getting involved and then all of a sudden uh, players not around uh, games getting cancelled postponed all that kind of thing so kind of we'll just take a watch wait and see approach and maybe we'll uh, we'll do some uh, some uh, recap and some um, some post 
thoughts on uh, on some of the big Olympic events over the weekend. Uh, hope everyone has a great weekend. Good luck. Enjoy that summer racing, and I uh, hope uh, everyone has makes a killing out there. Joey, let's finish this thing off. Sure.